All those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you everything more. Marvelites, welcome to episode 299 of the This Week in Marvel podcast. I am not Ryan Panagos. If you listened last week, Ryan let everyone know that this week uh, he was going, he was in D23, he's going to San Diego now, and Ben just had a baby actually. So they're both gone, but because we never miss an, uh, an episode, you got assistant manager of social media, Alex Lopez here, and I'm actually joined by, I think, First time on the podcast? First time on the pod. Uh, we got graphic designer for our social media team on the Ryan's uh, amazing digital team as well. We got Cameron Moore. What up? I am not Ben Morris. <laughs> he is not, and I'm not Ryan Panago, so I'm pretty sure you guys are all weirded out right now. <laughs> hopefully we keep our jobs after this is over. Yeah, hopefully. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but we got tons of comics on sale this week. Bunch of huge issues. It's crazy. Uh, we're going to start off with some of our big hits starting with Secret Empire number six, and that's written by Nick Spencer, and pencils by Lionel Francis Yu, inks by Jerry Angu- Alan Guinlan and Lionel Francis Yu, and colors by Sunny Go with Java Tartiglia. And just to preface this, you guys already know me, I mess up names all the time, Cam's probably going to do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to keep it to at least five. Five will be my mess ups, hopefully I can get it under that. Yeah, you know, but it happens. People spell her name differently than you would, you know, think it sounds. So that's what happens. <laughs> Just don't at me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah. But if you want to tell us how bad we did, or if you want to say like, "Hey, you gave it your best try," uh, I said my handle, my Twitter handle on the last podcast, but is at Alex Lopez underscore, and the O is a zero. And, and Ryan's correct. That is probably the worst handle ever. Yeah. No, it's bad. Um, it was um, a lot easier, but whatever. Yeah, and uh, if you want to at me, my uh, handle is at HeyDJCam. Yeah, so, you know, tell us, come back, or not. <laughs> we'll it's my see. first time, be gentle. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, if we do a horrible job, please let us know. If we do a good job, 100% let Ryan know, so then I can come back. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Slim chance. <laughs> anyway, so, we're starting with Secret Empire number six. Is This issue was just jam-packed, man. It, yeah, it, it, was, it was crazy. It, there's so much happening, but it's so vital to the whole story. So you have the weird, like, I don't know, dreamscape or something, Steve Rogers with the beard, and you have this awful Red Skull who somehow seems to remember everything. Yeah, it was weird because I was kind of like, wait, so is he, like, the Red Skull Red Skull? Or is he, like, Steve's imagination Red Skull? But then whatever it was, he just wanted to let him know that he knew, that he knew everything was going on. Right, yeah. And he was like, I'm the one who put you here, basically, and all this. So it, it gets crazy, because it's like, how do you remember? How does no one else remember? Are you actually real? Are you not real? And But, I mean, 
he's the Red Skull. He's just as evil as ever. He puts a spiked bat into Steve's chest. I don't know if he's trying to help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and plus, I mean, the art was beautiful. Like, I that's the one thing about the Secret Empire that I really like those dream sequences because all the art has been amazing. It yeah, it has definitely. like a, this weird flow and like the colors are good, nice and saturated. It's like something that's actually really, really fun so that when you go back to the reality of uh, the real world, it cuts you back to that dark, like, oh, wait, everything's all messed up. Right, yeah. It definitely, it, it's like a huge, it, it's, it is a change, but it's nice. And like you can see, like it, there's always like a foggy background in the dreamscape, yep. which uh, I mean that's what we're calling it now, I guess. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just, just keep rolling with it. We'll see. But from there, you go to the Dark Force dimension, which is surrounding Manhattan right now, and you get some cool stuff with uh, Doctor Strange. He's trying to find out. You know, we gotta save you. We get some Claire Temple in there. Uh, Dagger's not doing so well, but I mean, I mean, how how well can you do? <laughs> like you know, when you're trying to light a whole whole like city right there yeah and also too it's like it's kind of cool that they've been using a lot more dagger a lot more claire temple so just so you can kind of get a sense of their characters the other cool bit is between um kingpin and daredevil where again daredevil's doing his daredevil thing yeah. it's kingpin he gotta stop kingpin but not realizing that kingpin's actually doing the altruistic thing and helping everyone in the dark forest and all that but of course he's kingpin so he has ulterior motives obviously i mean that's gonna play out huge in the future uh i mean he just keeps asking everyone to remember and i mean when wilson fisk asks you to remember <laughs> you know something's gonna happen yeah i mean and I, honestly i like it because it kind of gets um it makes daredevil think a little bit because at one end he's helping all these people but on the other end he's kingpin and like you know he's gonna do something bad yeah you know it's leading to something it has to it has to <laughs> uh, and then we get this whole you know basically the black widow and the champions the young group and you have this whole dynamic that's going on. Nadia has had it. She's done with Black Widow's ways. Black Widow's not sharing things with them. She's not taking it anymore. The team's trying to calm her down, you know, say one more chance. You have this really awesome interaction between Black Widow, about Black Widow and Miles Morales. You know, it gets a little emotional there. Yeah, and I like then, that uh, Miles is kind of like, look, I know Black Widow's kind of crazy, but maybe she there's a reason for it. Yeah. And, also, he's kind of playing the optimist because, like, that's kind of like as a spider, you have to. But at the same time, I think he has a really good uh, understanding of the stakes just from he kind of knows where this is heading. Definitely. So I, I think that's why he's kind of kind trying to be the peacekeeper. Yeah, he still has that whole image, you know, he's supposed to kill Captain America. Is, is it going to happen? Is it just one of the many outcomes out there? We don't know. But, I mean, that's going to loom over you. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. He's a kid. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. It's, it's hard. And then you have this old man who they rescued in the last issue. And there's just Black Widow won't tell him why. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's 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 weird, but it just she won't tell him. And I mean, they obviously she has a plan, and there's a reason why, but it's but not it, out yet. Yeah, but then also it kind of goes to the whole the the reason why the champions kind of form in the first place, where it's like adults keeping secrets and not really being forced. Right, exactly. So that's why it makes sense that Nadia is kind of like mad about it because also it's the Red Room. We all yeah. know what goes down in the Red Room. Yeah, I mean, and who knows more about the Red Room than Black Widow and Nadia? So there you go. It's, it's very different. and But then we go into the meat of the issue. And then you have Odinson just wreaking havoc on the like the underground's base. I mean, he it's, it's so sad, though, because he's so torn. He doesn't know... I, I love the way they're writing him, but it's so, it's so awful <laughs> to see him torn like this. He's like, these are my friends, but... You know, Steve Rogers is always on the right. He still can lift Mjolnir. He's yeah, obviously worthy. Pretty much. I think that's the main thing where it's like, 
you could tell that he knows he's still trying to play the good guy, but knowing that he's doing bad things. Right. And so I think in that realm, he's going to have to figure out a way to redeem himself because as of right now, he already he now knows like, okay, this is all bad. But but if Cap can pick up the Thor, I mean uh, the hammer, then you know what's going down. Yeah, exactly. And then I, that this is one page where he's just about to destroy so much, and he just says, "Forgive me out loud," and it's like it's heartbreaking. He doesn't want to do this, but he thinks it's the way right. to go. You yeah, know? he thinks right, it's the right way to think. For now, anyways. Yeah. And then you get into the whole underground arguing. Tony Finder figured, figured out there is a mole in the team. And, I mean, I'm going to tell you guys right now, spoilers, we're going to go into it. So it's kind of like a two-front thing. Mockingbird is somewhat of a mole. She's like a semi-mole. Yeah, for a different cause. Semi-colon. And then there's the sad part where it's actually Scott Lang. And when it comes down to it, they got Cassie. Yeah, pretty much. And, like, again, you kind of saw it coming. Like, out of everyone who's going to be the most compromised. You know, right. And so that was my thing. The Mockingbird thing a little bit kind of threw me for a loop because I was kind of like, I know you're talking to somebody, but are you talking to – like, you saw – you know, Well, I mean, Mockingbird's a spy. Exactly. <laughs> so when, once a spy, always spy. Someone's gonna, you're always going to be betraying somebody. Yeah. There's, is there someone out there? But, I mean – it, it, it's really sad to see. He had no other, you know, Scott Lang, he had no other choice. I mean, I would probably do the same thing in that situation. Yeah. It's my daughter, you know? And what, what else are you going to do? And then you get this heavy stuff going on. Steve Rogers brought back Bruce Banner. Don't know how yet. Just reanimated him. He said it's not for long. He starts giving this. You know, genuine Steve Rogers, Captain America speech to him, you know, saying, like, they've treated you so wrong all your life and all this. And they go through it, and Bruce is not budging. Yeah, Bruce is kind of like, oh, I've, how long have I been dead? Wait, you're Hydra now? Yeah. Oh. Like, you know let me go back to sleep. And he was, yeah. And, then, like, I love the end when Bruce is like, no matter what you say, he's like, at, he's like, at the end, he's like, you're Hydra, and I'm pretty sure you guys are the bad guys. And then Steve just, like, drops the big ball. He's like... I knew you wouldn't, like, move, basically. He's like, but I wasn't talking to you. And bam. Eyes go green. Yep. Hulk comes out. Ah, uh, Hulk smash. Yep. They'll return. And, and then they, they unleash the Hulk. He goes for it. Clint Barton has this, like, you know, he has a, basically, like, an existential crisis. He's like, I killed him. He's like, I did it. And kind of just gives up in the middle of the battle. Yeah, he's not, he kind of has a mental breakdown. And I think also it was kind of weird because, you know, we had a whole series of him on Occupy Avengers where he's kind of playing penance for killing Bruce and like, you know what, let me help the little guy get back to basics, da-da-da-da-da. And now it's kind of finally coming up to a halt where it's like, well, the Hulk's coming. I probably should die, so I'm not even going to try. Yeah, closes his eyes, everything, and then we got it's clobbering time. I <laughs> love, I got to say, because I love that panel. I didn't see it coming, and it's just like a, such a heroic moment, and that's when the tides start changing. True. And they finally realize hey we got to be heroes again mockingbird saves clint he looks around he, he's like all right i know what i have to do starts getting all the other heroes out of there then we get this cool moment where if you know the backstory behind the new giant man Roz, um like he created these ai avengers when he was under i think he was, was like Zola brainwashed a... uh, it was egghead oh egghead, okay yeah and he creates it under and he, he unleashes him against the hulk so it keeps the hulk busy for a while and just like Steve said, they only reanimated for a little bit because you literally see the Hulk, like, fade to gray all of a sudden and just kind of shut down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, we got a little glimpse of it, but then at the same time, it's like you can kind of tell just for, like, more for a distraction than right. anything else. And then you get, I also, I don't want to glance over this. There's another part where Odinson is blocking a jet, basically, that they're trying to use to save themselves. And he doesn't hurt anyone, though. He lets them go. And, and like, it brings you into that again. Like, he's so torn. 
he I think deep down inside he obviously knows what's the right thing is do, but he's so torn because Captain Mjolnir and he's Captain America. You he stands for righteousness. Yeah, and plus he's been on this like, you know, woe is me tip for a little while now after yeah. you know reading like Unworthy Thor and all that kind of stuff. So him just not being drunk is actually already different. <laughs> but again, I think he's finally starting to come around where he's like, Okay, obviously I'm on the wrong side, but let me see what I can do small things to make make it a little bit right. Right. Then we finally get to the meat of the whole thing. And we get another classic Cap and Iron Man. Yeah. It's your fault. No, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. What is it's your fault? Well, you know what? It is my fault. My bad. <laughs> and this is such a, it's such a different dynamic because always in the past, like these fights between them, you know, it, you have you had righteous Steve Rogers. Now you got a Hydra Cap who's, he's not playing around. No, he's pretty bad. He killed and, Rick and he, yeah. he, killed, he killed a bunch of people. Yeah. He used some Ultron tech, basically made it so that Tony couldn't do anything, like shut down his armor. And he's like, I had to figure, he's like, I really want this to count. He's like, I had to talk to Zola about it. He's like, basically, he's like, you are you. He's like, and that's good because I want this to count. And, like, he goes to kill him. Luckily, I mean, he's he's Tony Stark. He had something back up. Always. He had a clean slate protocol, I think they called it. It was, I guess, self-destruct determination. And the last minute, Madame Hydra comes in, saves him possibly sacrifice yourself we'll see yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go with yes yep and then we get this really sad page at the end uh black widow obviously not at the fight over there because she's waiting she sees a newscast tele uh broadcast or i think she's listening to radio and it says that the underground was destro- destroyed she sheds a tear and then she says we gotta go and now and it's on to then and then basically a fade to black Yep, but nah, jam-packed issue. I think there's so much stuff that was going on, and it's one of those things where uh, the one good thing at Secret Empire, the main book has been doing, is really just hitting all the right notes for the whole bulk of the story. Oh yeah, where all the tie-ins are cool, but like if you just read the main bulk of the story, you're still getting all the. This event is just bonkers. Like I can't put it any other way. It's so good. It's so dark. I like dark stuff, so (laughs) so I'm all about it. I don't know. Yeah, I want like that sense of fear basically yeah this, you know what it is is the the stakes are actually real yes and so a lot of times for um like previous events they will re- remain nameless the stakes didn't have that gravity where like here even from the opening sal- follow salvo and like zero it was automatically like this was not like a, a, a for the play this is actually like a real event yeah so there's actually some real stakes and i think it's been really keeping that through the whole series definitely all right on to our next pick <laughs> astonishing x-men number <laughs> one so written by Charles Soule, uh, pencils by Jim Chung, and the inks are by Mark Morales, Guillermo Ortego, and Walden Wong, with colors by Richard, or mess this up, uh, Eisenhoff, and Rain Barreto. Yeah, I loved this issue. It's the first issue. It starts off of a bang. It's awesome. Yep, all of the from all the uh, Resurrection X books. This is the one I was most excited of. Uh, more just because the cover basically gave me all my favorite X Men in one bu- one little cover. That, I mean, that's great. I thought it was such a ragtag group. Like, <laughs> especially reading the story, like all of them coming together. Oh yeah, <laughs> but that, that's the reason why. Because like each one of these are kind of like the they're not the fan favorites, right. but they're all ones that have a lot of character. There's always some something fun to do with them and right now in all the X books they're not in any of them except for Old Man Logan whose continuing superpower is to be in, in every team imaginable <laughs> but I mean hey you can never have too much Old Man Logan this is true but um, no but then again with uh, after assembling all of them the book itself was really really good yes it was very good uh, let's jump into the actual issue so basically it starts off Psylocke on a well actually it starts off this really cool uh, I guess kind of 
monologue um, talking about how all the psychics around the world have been targeted. And it's, it, it's crazy to think about, you know, all the, the strongest people, basically, of all the mutants, all getting targeted, you know. Psychic. Psylocke and uh, yeah. Cuckoos and Amber Frost. Yep. So then you go into Psylocke, um, who gets targeted. <laughs> and she goes kind of nuts. She's trying to fight back against it. But it's I think it's making things worse. She keeps, like, you know, projecting stuff everywhere. Uh, they project, It's a bunch of butterflies. She sends for help. She hits the closest. I, I'm guessing it's the closest mutants nearby. And I think that was like a good setup because each one was kind of doing their own thing. Right. So, you know, Bishop is being Bishop. You know, Gambit's thieving like he always is, <laughs> which was cool that him and Phantom X were hanging out. Which yeah. Is even like, which is a whole another story that you want to find out later about. Yeah, I love the fact that so later on in the issue, once they all kind of come together, they're like, Phantom X, why are you here? Like, we don't <laughs> trust you or anything. And he's like. Uh, and we don't know what it is yet. He's like, basically, Gambit owes me a debt. He's like, and I'm not leaving until he pays. He's like, so you're stuck with me. Basically. <laughs> and, like, again, Phantom X is another one of those characters where, like, he's not, like, the fan favorite, but when he's around, it's always fun to be around him. I mean, Phantom X has done, he's done some bad stuff. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> but I like that um, they actually, one of the other things I liked about this book was, like, they took a lot of characters, again, that just weren't really doing anything in other books. And right. they actually gave them something to do, and I actually uh, really liked how this all kind of came together. Yeah, I love the Logan and Rogue dynamic. They're always, you know, they've always been close. They're still close. It's great. They have each other's backs all the time. It's fantastic. And um, and then, again, you have Angel, who's still trying to keep his Archangel at bay, which is always kind of an interesting, you know, back and forth, back and forth. Um, I was actually kind of cool. It was cool that he is, uh, his Metal Wings came out, but not yeah. the full Archangel came out. Well, so he touches on that. He's like, I'm keeping Archangel at bay, basically. You know what Semi-retired, I mean? he said. Yeah, semi-retired. He's like, I can control it right now. He's like, I have no... Like, he, he, he doesn't want to let it out at all, you know? He's like, because once he's out, and he, <laughs> I think he says in here, he's like, he, he wants to, you know, basically kill and, like, fight. And he's like, once he tastes blood, he just wants more and more. Pretty much. So, yeah, which, obviously, you, if you read anything with Archangel, you know that. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? Angel of Death and all that. Yeah, he's he's a... He, Likes to kill. <laughs> um, the yeah. only thing that was random was uh, when Beast shows up. Because Beast is kind of like, oh, hey, I'm here, guys. <laughs> yeah. I, I also thought the same thing. I mean, I didn't. I, I love it. I mean, I love me some Henry McCoy. But <laughs> I like, I you don't expect it, I guess, because you're seeing the cover, right? And one is like, so I'm going to say it. There's one person on the cover who's missing from the issue. And it's Mystique. Yeah. But instead you get Beast. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was like a little thrown off. Because I was kind of like... Okay, I don't see Mystique. Mystique is always an interesting character because you never know where she's going to be landing. Right. And then when Hank shows up, you're kind of just like, oh, hey, what up, Hank? What are you doing here? It kind of makes me, and I don't know, I, this is just theorizing now, and I hope that doesn't like spoil future issues. It makes me think, like, what if that is Mystique? Mm. You know what I mean? That and actually makes sense. Once they get into what they're doing, all of a sudden it shows, like, shows her form or whatever. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Generally, it seems like it might just be Beast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also, too, the way... Um, you know, uh, in Inhumans versus X Men kind of left off, and how Beast kind of was just like, "Yo, you guys, you guys all played me." Right. And then you, and at the end, you know, this, it's all for naught. So I think Beast kind of being Mystique would be cool, but then again, later on, not you know, in, in the book, right? They all go into the uh, astral plane because Silex says, you know, there's a huge psychic that's like basically trying to get out of the astral plane. Yeah. So actually, is, let's just. Yeah, we'll, we'll go into... Let's actually finish it up. So, yeah, you have all this. So, Psylocke's powers are going nuts. She creates a huge butterfly, starts destroying things. All the... Uh, all, so, Angel, Rogue, Gambit, Phantom X, uh, Logan. They all show up. 
They're here to help. They Rogue does some cool stuff. Uh, she absorbs Psylocke's powers and then projects it through uh, Bishop, and then he cleans it out and you know makes it. Which you know, I clean that, energy, I guess. Yeah, which was which, a cool scene because, like, you know, um, to do that, she has to kiss Bishop, and Bishop was kind of like, "Whoa, yeah." But okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because he well, he says it. He's like, eh, "We have to have a close connection." And she's like, "How about this? We're close." And like, <laughs> then she, she's like, "Sorry, didn't have any time to think about anything else." Bad. Yeah, so that's how they get. So they take care of that. They finally, Psylocke comes to, and she tells them what Cam was just getting into. It's the Shadow King, Amal Farouk. He's back. He's targeting. A bunch of psychics. He's trying to build to something. It is crazy. Yeah, and I'm actually kind of cool with that. I think that is a great villain for this. Like, especially for this is a, except for a few choice characters, this is like a heavy hitter hitter team. Yeah, pretty much. So that is a that's an awesome villain to go against them. Yeah, it's It's, definitely like it's definitely on the a the a list side of villains. Yeah, just like grabbing someone else is just kind of random but i think you know for the amount of people that they uh, compile for the group i think shadow king was a good choice to level out to see Definitely. all right we're gonna if we're gonna have all these really heavy hitters they got to be someone of equal level that can kind of put them through the paces oh yeah uh i mean i can only imagine where this is gonna go <laughs> there's like but there's a bunch of awesome like things in this issue so in the middle of the fight phantom x asked gambit for some clips and Gambit charges them up. So they're like explosive bullets. Which I was like, whoa. Like, obviously guns are something by himself. But like with Gambit's charge on there. Pfft. Yeah. And then it was, was cool because he forgot, he he shot. He didn't shot, shoot all of them. And Gambit was like, yo, uh, don't forget to shoot those. Because they're going to blow up in five <laughs> yeah. seconds. He was like, well, your hands are going to blow up in five <laughs> seconds. You don't get rid of those. Which was, it was cool though. It's a cool way to see, you know, the, the powers being used in different ways. And I thought it was really awesome. Uh, what else in here? Uh, the, and then the whole thing with Beast, like you were saying before, of you know, Inhumans and X Men, they were really surprised. They even asked him, they're like, I'm surprised to find you here after the Inhuman War. And he was like, Well, I received the distress call. He's like, What am I going to do? I, I was right here. I'm not going to let her die. So, and it, it's awesome. So, I mean, I want to see if Beast will be sticking around. If not, if he's Mystique, like we were saying before. Yeah. But this issue is going places, and I cannot wait to read more of this. Yes. And also, there's a real big reveal on the last page, which yeah. we'll leave for you guys for the imagination. That I won't spoil, because yes. that is... That's huge. <laughs> nah, it was really good. And I think, like, again, like, it was well worth the wait. It was the last book of the of the Resurrection Pack, and I think it was definitely one of the best ones, because it just definitely just gave you a good, like, okay, X-Men kind of is back kind of a, a feel. Right. And that's what I really liked about this book. Definitely. Moving on. Yep. What you got next? All right. So now we're going to get into our other big picks of the week. So I'm gonna, I'll, I'll start first. I'm going to go with Invincible Iron Man number nine. This is by Brian Michael Bendis and art by Stefano Caselli and uh, colors by Martin Garcia and Israel Silva. And this is just, it, it's a big issue. You know what I mean? Riri does some cool stuff in here. It's, and I also like in the middle of, her you know in this big fight that she's kind of finding her own she's dadded herself a lot uh tony ai tony <laughs> you I, know. Call him, I call him ghost tony yeah he's he's like i we've trained for this he's like come on he's like remember that you know he's like giving her a little hints but he doesn't want to tell her the whole way like, so they've done like different protocols for the, like the different battles in here yeah and I- riri finally is like oh wait 
we did do that. <laughs> what, how did I beat it? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> He's like, she's like, thick. Yeah, it's it's oh, great. Yeah, I love it because like she is a new hero, but she's one of the smartest people in the Marvel universe, also. So, yeah. and I think also like the one good thing about this book, just overall, it's like she's learning how to be an Iron Man, uh, uh, an Iron Person, I should say. But also too, you know, with Tony's help, Ghost Tony's help, she's starting to like kind of come into her own, and all those like random ideas that she have in her head, now she's like formulating so that she can win a battle or survive or do all that. Right. I think that's the coolest part. Yeah. So then, on top of all that, what's going on, her fighting this battle against Lucia Von Bardis and Latveria, you have a bunch of cool things happening in the background. Like, you have Sharon Carter. <laughs> yes. Uh, she's observing the fight from afar, but, and basically, you see how it's going to be something a lot bigger than it oh, is. Oh, yeah. It's, it's definitely going to be an international incident. I think that yeah. her her kind of just being like, oh, okay, now yeah. she's, oh, now she's about to start a war. Good yeah, job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's like, alert the World Council. She's like, we're at threat like, omega, like, she's like orange kids omega level or something. Again. I don't know. Kids have done it Yeah, it's crazy. And so it's like, this little fight between the two, it's, it's going to go. It's, it's going to go big places. Yeah, it's going to be a thing. Yeah. And then you also have awesome part. So you have AI Fra, uh, the AI Friday, and you have AI Tony, and it's weird. Like they have like you know body forms basically, like holograms, and they talk to each other. And Friday, I, I don't know. I want to say hate, but she does not like AI yeah, Tony. Exactly. Because you know the thing is, and this is kind of like uh, AI Ghost Tony, as I'm gonna call him. In all of the forms that he's been in, he's still Tony. Yeah. And so since he has the same Tony-like, you know, uh, sarcastic and a-hole qualities, like, he's not like, oh, this is my programming, I'm going to follow it. He's like, nah, I'm just going to be myself and do whatever what I feel. Yeah, exactly. It's, well, it's his downloaded consciousness. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and she makes that point. So, MJ actually walks in on them talking, and she's like, oh, you guys talk when <laughs> humans aren't here. And it gets to this, like, really funny bit where, like, Fry's, like, basically, like, we're not going to, like, we're not trying to take over the world. We don't, like, scheme together and she's like it's not like that and mj's like well can you like try to explain it to me that's when she goes into she's like he's not like an ai you know what i mean he is a downloaded consciousness yeah. and, like tries to make the differences it's tony but not tony yeah and then mj's like should i stop him and she's like no of course not like you know i am just saying basically you know it's and something, also it's too, something to think about and also friday really acknowledges that like uh you know ai tony definitely likes uh riri and he makes he makes her better and so, and their their dynamic together has uh, worked, and Riri's become a better hero because there's Tony there. Definitely. And so, I think that's the one part that Friday kind of recognizes. So, as much as she might not like him, she recognizes that with with uh, Riri, he yeah. makes her better. Well, I think I think she even says it like somewhere in here. She's like, no, she's like, but she he's very good with her or something. Yeah, you know? and definitely. it's true. Like together, they're a huge, they're a big team. Yeah. And you have this awesome ending. The fight against Lucia von Baris ends, and. There might be a new queen in Lab. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, my pick is All New Guardians of the Galaxy number six by Gary Duggan, art by Aaron Cooter, and color by Eve Forcina. I'm going to make that as silent just because that's what it's going to be. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um, and I like this issue because it's kind of coming to a head because Gamora's been doing a lot of these schemings after facing Thanos back on Earth. She's kind of been doing these things where she wants to do something. She's she's doing some stuff and not everybody figures it out. And so now everyone's kind of confronting her on that and you have like, you know, docile Drax who's now like non-militant. I'm not going to kill anybody. I'm not going to do anything. You have Star-Lord basically being Star-Lord. Yeah. Um, nothing changed. But the coolest moment to me is when Gamora kind of reveals, she's like, look, I've been dead before. I was kind of stuck in the 
soul stone. So that's like a huge reveal. You know what I mean? You finally find out why it is Gamora's doing what she's doing. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's kind of emotional. You know what I mean? She's... So, yeah, she died before, and she went to the Soul Stone. Uh, she had, there's actually, if you guys know Guardians history, that happened. And then there's tracks also happen the same way. Yep, exactly. I mean, pretty much, and, didn't all the Infinity Watch die at some point? Yeah. yeah a couple times. <laughs> yeah. and, but uh, anyway, she basically says that, you know, there's a part of her stuck in the yeah, Soul Stone. And, and she kind of gets, she wants it back. Yeah, she's like, I need to be whole again. She's like, I'm not myself. And I see, and I'm, I'm, I'm on board. I get what she's saying. <laughs> at the same time, I get it from their side, too, like, you didn't tell us about this for the longest time. You know what I mean? If you knew this was what you wanted to do, we're supposed to be a team. But, I mean, obviously they did have their hardships. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know? and, um, and then the part that I really like is we get a bunch of Darkhawks, yep. which is always fun. <laughs> like, I like I like where Darkhawk, uh, like, they kind of went with them. Like, right, right. I, like, I kind of wanted, because Darkhawk's one of those characters where if you were in the 90s and you read them, it was like, oh, this is a weird guy. And then they kind of just, he disappeared and then he kind of came back. As like you know, a whole other assassin force, blah, yes. blah blah blah. But it's the Shi'ar Raptors. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so they come up, um, they attack them. They're ripping through the ship. They're looking for something. Yes, and um, they don't even know what they're doing. But you know, Rocket just likes killing people, so he's all he's all about it. Yeah. And um, but they sit there and fight a bunch of Darkhawks, and then they, they find out that they are looking for a dead body. So yeah. there's a, a guy in a, there's a, there's a, a skeleton in a spacesuit, and this is what they're after. Just hidden on the Milano all just, this time, just hanging out, <laughs> just chilling. But. Um, Again, they're kind of like, okay, Rocket's kind of like, well, if you want that, there must be something important about it. So right. I'm going to get it back. So, again, they're, they're slowly but surely dispatching all these different dark, dark Hawks. Um, there's a really good moment where one of the Dark Hawks gets, uh, is taken care of, and everyone looks at Drax. And Drax is like, I didn't do it. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and he was, like, really, like, adamant about it. Like, well, no. Because he's supposed to be a pacifist now. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah. there's... There's a uh, raptor behind Gamora, and all of a sudden, the raptor gets taken care of. (laughs) (laughs) Please believe me. Please believe me. But, um, so yeah, the raptors, they take uh, the said corpse, but, you know, Rocket uh, gets a piece of it, which is uh, his hand, and then we get a big reveal. Yeah, and... I kind of want to spoil it, but I won't. <laughs> it's the it, best part of the book, but you're right. Let's yeah. not spoil it. But the it's, big reveal is pretty cool because... It's, if you know Cos- like Cosmic Marvel Universe history, you'll know what it is. Definitely. You'll recognize it. It's something big. It's very powerful. Yeah. And uh, also, I think it'll get your mind racing on uh, what it is and who it is. Yeah. yeah. That's what the thing that got me racing. Yeah, because, like, I mean, they're only... I think a couple, a few pairs uh, in the universe. Yeah, I think there's only a few pairs. Yeah, and they were all given to specific people, so... Um, who knows <laughs> and then you know we end up the book with Rocket actually got sliced by one of the raptors oh so sad poor and Rocket so uh, <laughs> Star-Lord has to cradle him like a baby <laughs> yeah. and he's like don't he's like don't try to hit me right there he's like I have to do this they bring him to the med bay which they it's, never use yeah. ever <laughs> and then even he said aren't you he's like you told me I was stupid for having a med bay on the ship it was so funny and then uh, we end off with uh, these the what's been going on in the whole story with these like really menacing um almost killer groups basically yeah part of the reason why little Groot is still little little. this weird hooded figure yeah so they land on the planet he kind of lets them loose and then we get to a a fade to black as i like to call it yep and that's another issue and there's gonna be plenty more oh yeah i'm actually excited to see where this goes Oh, yeah, definitely. So my last pick of the week is Star Wars Darth Maul number five by Cullen Bunn and art by Luke Ross, colors by Nolan Woodard. I love the Marvel Star Wars comics. They are freaking ridiculous. Every single one of them has always been a hit. 
Um, I mean, all everything we do is hit, but <laughs> I love the Star Wars. I'm a big Star Wars guy. I know Ryan is as well. You guys all hear, hear that. So I think every single time I've actually been on the podcast, I think a Star Wars comic has been one of my picks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, like, they've what they've been doing with Star Wars um, has been just so super interesting, and they've really, like, took in pieces of the, you know, maybe, like, a once-mentioned thing and then made this whole, like, story. Oh, yeah. Backstory, and, like, the Vader books have been really good, even the Darth Maul, like you're about to say right now. They're awesome. They're all awesome. So this is the end of this story. It's finally Darth Maul. He he's out to kill a Jedi. You know, he's starting out as a Sith. He's got this revenge. It's like, he's got it's this like, blood that needs to be satiated. Like baby, you know, man, like baby Maul. <laughs> yeah. He's not even a full Maul yet. He's like a baby. Like he's I'm, not. I want to kill someone. I just haven't done it yet. Let me go try it. See what yeah. happens. It, it's it's awesome. And then they they finally clash. You got also in the background of the story. You have some bounty hunters. You have Cad Bane. If you guys have watched any of the Star Wars cartoons, he's in there. He's a big part. Um, but the meat of the issue is them fighting. And it's awesome. Because it's finally him going toe-to-toe. She's a Padawan. True. You know what I mean? And she says this in here. And he's like, no, you're a Jedi. And she's pretty powerful. It's 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 awesome. You know what I mean? She can do so much. And even he starts, like, having these... Like, he, he has, you have his inner monologue going on. All his inner thoughts. And at one point, he's like... This also makes me think. He's like... Are all the Jedi's and like Padwans that I'm gonna face gonna be this much of a challenge? You know what I mean? It's true. And if and if you're having like slight challenge with a Padawan, like how are you gonna with a full fledged? Like, I mean, like you know, Jedi. She kicks butt, man. Pretty much. She takes him down a peg a few times. Bad. If there wasn't, yeah. I mean, it's a sad ending, but it, he gets her by like basically a string. You know yeah. what I mean? And not like, and that's kind of like why I say he's baby Maul, because like. If this was, like, full-on Darth Maul, this would have been over in, like, two panels. Oh, but, yeah. But, again, he's still getting his legs. He's still trying to figure out exactly where his anger is going to be going. And I think it was good to show that this was a good test. Definitely. And, it, it, I mean, it's awesome to see. He even, like, the whole time his your mom was like, wow, she she's tough. If I mess up once, I need to – he's like, I'm done for. He shall cut me down. He actually he's uh, like, respects her. Yeah. And he's like, she gained my respect. He's like, at most. Um, and it's awesome. And then, so then you have that, the whole fight. And it's, I love the part where he actually, he does take her out, sorry, spoiler, and he basically, he's like, he's like, I, he's like, I finally killed my first Jedi, he's like, the first of many, he's like, and now I feel, and he, it's not, he doesn't feel satisfied. He's just like, meh. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, if anything, it made his inte- his anger more, you know, he's he wants to kill more people. Yeah. You have more of the bounty hunters. You have Darth Maul killing some more people, um, and then I will. This is what I also really dug. It's so you at the end you see that you have a discussion between the Emperor and Maul, and basically he's like, "You thought you could like hide this from me?" He's like, "I set you on this path." Pretty much. And he's basically, and they're just talking about like the Sith ways, and he's like, "The Sith were born on defiance." He was like, "You follow your nature," you know. It's like, oh man, yeah, it just you are you, just so evil. Yeah, it, just, it, just, <laughs> it gives you more juicy Empire bits where you're just like, you know, it just shows again how the one the level of breath that uh, the Emperor always has because there's nothing that escapes him, but then two all the manipulations that he does even within his own people that he makes it's like you're gonna be evil but this is how you're gonna yeah, be evil. It's 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 so but if you if you dig Star Wars like it's as mo- evil as it is, it's so awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's very Star Wars. Yeah, like <laughs> oh man, it's awesome and I love that part. He's just like he's like, so I ask again, he's like, Are you satisfied? And Darth Maul just like, No and he's like, Good and just walks away. Like, Drops the mic. Yeah, Perfect. and like you know this I mean as you know, this is a start, so there's a lot more. 
Maul's gonna be doing some destruction. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, no. next uh, miniseries to come out, Mace Windu. Which I am also excited about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pumped about that. <laughs> Love me some Mace Windu. <laughs> um, Alright, so now we're gonna do the quick hits. Got yep. a lot. We can do it. Quick hits! Alright, so we're gonna start off with Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows number 9. This is by Jerry Conway and Ryan Stegman. I also like how they don't. It's it's not writers on here. They label <laughs> stuff co-plotters. <laughs> I dig that so much. Um, script by Ryan Stegman and guest artist by Juan Frigeri and colors by Jesus Albertov. And this is MJ got this bio suit from Liz Allen at last issue. Uh, as we learned at the end of that issue, it's actually the Venom symbiote. Yep. You know, as any no, creepy no, dark suit is. <laughs> just once. I just want to be a normal suit. That's all. Yeah. And then so you have a bunch of that in here. It's really her trying to deal with the powers. Finally, it starts taking over. It's trying to control MJ. So Peter finds out. He's got to fight back with her. They, it's really cool how they actually get it to work that they take it out. There's really some awesome, strong MJ stuff. The art is fantastic. She's basically... I guess in Venom's mind, and she's fighting against him through there, and it's really cool. It is. It's really awesome. It shows you how strong of a character MJ really became in this book. Definitely. Uh, but the end, they figure everything out. But then there's a like big page with Liz Allen. Why she did it? Why she did it? Something with Normie, that little creepy kid. <laughs> um, so creepy. And it's gonna. I, I think it's gonna play in something really big. Yeah. Uh, next, we have Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe again. No, but, no. Oh. It's America. Oh. <laughs> oh, my bad, my bad. No, that's all right. Um, so, yeah. So, before we jump into that book, which was also great, we're going to jump to another great book. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, America Number 5. This is by Gabby Rivera and art by Kelly Thompson. Oh, no, Ramon Villalobos. Um, archery consultant Kelly Thompson. I love that because Hawkeye K. Bishop is in this book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's why I got mixed up. And then Colors by Tamara Bonvillain and Brittany Peer. So, like I said, this is an America and Kate team up. America's been dealing with a lot of stuff right now. And she she needs some friends. You know what I mean? Yeah, she can use a break. She's on spring break. So it's yeah. a good thing that she goes to her best friend to kind of be like, yo, it's been a lot of stuff going on. I kind of just need to yeah, do mean, a road trip hey, and hang out with you. When you team up with your past self to fight some big, like, <laughs> you know, entity, it, it's it's kind of a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And then someone shows up and, like, says they know your mom and stuff. Ugh, it's, it's a lot to go through. So I get it. You need some downtime. So she goes over to Kate Bishop's house. And she gets uh, a message from an old flame saying that she wants to see her and she needs her help. So they're like, all right, bestie road trip. They go out there. They see what's happening. A little bit of fighting, a little bit of action. And then there's something that happens at the end. And it's kind of sad because I thought that this was going to be a happy ending. <laughs> but it wasn't. Once again, America gets no downtime. No yeah, downtime. Exactly. And I, I guess we'll see where it goes from there. But I think it's Kate to the rescue. <laughs> All right, and now another one for me, actually. Got Daredevil number 24. This is by Charles Soule, art by Alec Morgan, and colors by Matt Miller. And this is basically Matt trying to trying to get away in the Supreme Court. You know what I mean? He brought, he brought Daredevil on, uh, what's the word? <laughs> on uh, the stand. Yeah, on the stand. And... Basically, it was approved, like it was, and then it was disapproved, and now everyone's calling him like a failure and all this. And he's like, "I have one chance left." He's like, "I have to bring this to the Supreme Court." 
Yep. And it's one of it's one of those things where Matt has no friends. Yeah. He's all by himself now. He, he right now. So who better to help him out? <laughs> he goes looking for the assistance from Foggy Nelson. <laughs> Foggy to the rescue. Yeah, and it's it's a real cute. Uh, it, it's something cool. I like what uh, I like reading him and Foggy. You know, there there was never really an apology from Matt to Foggy for all the things that you know. It, it's kind of his fault. He's best friends of Daredevil. You know what I mean? It's true. And Foggy's been probably shot at, stabbed, st- yeah. uh, fried, electrocuted, so, everything you can think of. Yeah, and there's this cute. There's this awesome part with Tombstone in there. They like basically take Tombstone out really quickly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not take him out, they kind of just get away. Um, but, and then you finally have the apology, it happens, it's awesome, it's it's a nice moment between the two, and, I mean, this is where it's going to be from now. Yeah. They got, they got to make this thing happen. And now the you besties I mean? again. Yeah. BFFs. If, I mean, if there's any legal team to do it. Like <laughs> um, all right, now, jump the gun. Um, we got Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe again. Yes. Uh, by Colin Bunn, writer. Um, penciled by Delbor Talajic. <laughs> <laughs> and inks by uh, Goran Saduka. Um, this is just a dark book. Oh, yeah. Like, the the first one was actually kind of, like, light. I mean, people were dying, but it was, like, right. fun and stuff. But this is just Deadpool kills everyone and he just keeps killing everyone. This is Deadpool as a full-on murderer. One hundred percent. I mean, there's a crazy bit where he kind of he uh, spoilers he he uh, kills Eddie Brock, merges with Venom, goes after Spider Man, and then eats Spider Man. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, and that's only like the first maybe three pages of the book. You Pretty know? much. There's like what two, three more kills yeah. in here, and it's in each time you know. The whole premise is he's kind of under this weird... He's going after the Spider family, let's say. And in, in this issue, he's going after the Spider family. It's very sad. It's I mean, but there's a reason for this one. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not just Deadpool breaking the fourth wall, you know, this and that. It's There's a team of villains behind it. They are somehow controlling him. We'll see more of how that comes in the future issues. Yeah, and I like that, you know, when they go into his own mind, he's, it's almost like a playful, like, thing right. going on. But also along the way, while he's killing these things, you have a almost a subconscious that knows that these are going on. So he's trying to leave clues to people that are following him that, like, hey, yeah. I'm almost trapped in my own self. And I, But again... The whole thing is yeah. dark. And you have a bunch of heroes that are trying to track them. So it's uh, Jessica Jones, Kate Bishop. Uh, Cable. Uh, Cable. Punisher. Moon Knight, Punisher. And they're all trying to figure out. Moon Knight seems to be the one who has the most grasp on it. Yeah. He's basically like, I, I, he doesn't know what he's doing. You know? Yeah. Some, I mean, he's like, some, as, of, uh, as a veteran of multiple personalities, yeah, exactly. uh, I don't know what he's going through. So, I mean, but they obviously don't know the full story that, you know, someone's behind it yet. Uh, but... I mean, we'll get there. And then you have this awesome... So there's a throwaway line in the beginning where uh, Moon Knight's basically like, I have uh, someone on it trying to figure out what's happening. And they're like, who? He's like, I have people. <laughs> and then you see who the person is at the end. And I think that's really awesome. Uh, you know what? Uh, as a casual fan of this person, it was actually a cool... A I, cool it was I, a cool... It was a cool get. It was yeah, a cool get. I think it's the perfect person for this job 100 <laughs> percent, and it, it gave a little bit of uh levity to the a pretty dark issue definitely and yeah i can't wait to read the next one because that's gonna be fun to see just the two <laughs> oh, man this is gonna be crazy yep all right next up we have luke cage oh no oh wait are you gonna go oh yep i got dr strange dr Didn't strange see that. skipped it jumping 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 it's all right 
This is what we do in the podcast. <laughs> We're going to mix it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does, it have, does it have to be alphabetical all the uh, time? So we got <laughs> Doctor Strange number 23. This is by Dennis Hopeless. Art by Nico Henry Chan. And letters by Corey Petit. And this is in Secret Empire. So it's basically, it's a square off between Doctor Strange and Mordu. And, you know... It's it. I, I really like how Dennis Hope is right. Like writes Mordu. It's not like too serious. You know what yeah, I mean? exactly. <laughs> I mean, he, he is basically the anti Strange. but yeah. like he's just as kind of goofy as Strange is, but he's trying to be menacing. Um, but he also has the command of like you know Strange's whole house. Yeah. So he's definitely in the I'm going to win uh, category right now. It's so funny. And I love so in the first two pages. It's uh, in the last few issues. If you've been ca- keeping up. He, ins- he kind of captured Daredevil. He has him, like, in this magic bubble. And I love, like, the back and forth between them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and was like, should just, like, not say anything. It's funny. It's really awesome. And then you have Doctor Strange with, like, a, you know, a cool team up between Spider-Woman, Jessica Drew. You got Kingpin with this magic skull thing in his hand. Oh, and you man. got Ben Urich, who <laughs> is huge in this issue. Which was, which I did not see coming because he's kind of like, Ben's always been one of those characters where he's kind of like, I'm just the witness right. while all this craziness is going. But now for, in this issue, he actually becomes the crazy. I, and it actually was really, really cool. I love it. So they're trying to find, like, this, like magical artifacts to take down Mordu, and they start going through a bunch of things. They finally get up to something um, that's, like, on the light side of the magic, you know? And they're like, the only one that could do it is Ben Yurk because he's so pure of heart. You know what I mean? He always <laughs> wants untainted to... untainted of all Exactly. Of <laughs> and he always wants to do, like, you know, the, the right thing. Um, you get some stuff of Kingpin and this weird skull thing Yeah, going I on. also like that, um, you know, uh, just uh, Spider Woman is still kind of like on the fence about all this magic right, stuff, right? Right. And then Strange kind of is like, all right, look at Kingpin, and now look at him, and she's like, what is yeah, going on? Yeah, he has like some dark magic going on. He has like something inside of him. Uh, a little comes out a little bit. Ben Yurik saves a day, but that's not the end of it. You nope. know? Then it's like halfway through. It's it's cool. It's like a then there's this whole thing with uh, Luke Cage, uh, Iron Fist, uh, fighting against Mordu, and oh, and Cloak as well. And it, it's awesome, and you see some more stuff of that, and then you get more with Ben Yurk and Kingpin because one of them is like a dark spirit, one of them is a light spirit, and there's a cool team up. And I don't know, I I, I dug this whole thing. It was so awesome. The art was great. I love the way that he draws like this, basically like shining night figure yeah, that Ben exactly. Yurk becomes. It's almost like, like a visual representation of like what Ben always. Usually yeah, does. exactly. Versus like the evil that Kingpin is, that Wilson Fisk is. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, like the, the, oh, don't forget the, also there was a really good uh, bit with the ghost plane. Yes, with and Phantom <laughs> Eagle. It is funny. It is awesome. But didn't see it coming at all. Yeah, at but all. with Jessica Drew, it is great. And then you get this end page. Uh, Mordu has gone all out. He's super amped. <laughs> He's got some powers behind him. And uh, they got to they gotta take the fight. But I love it that... Like I said, Dennis Holmes writes a great Mordu. <laughs> like, 100%. it's not too serious. Yeah. And then the last page is literally him saying, bring it, Strange. <laughs> bring it on. Yeah, no, they're having a lot of fun with that book. And I think it's going to be cool that kind of how it all comes uh, comes to a head. Yeah, definitely. Um, next up, we have Luke Cage number three. Uh, written by David F. Walker. Art by Nelson Blake II, the second. And colors by Mar- Mar- Marcio Menz. Minutes, minutes, you got it. <laughs> um, so we got Luke uh, back in New Orleans for the funeral of the guy that basically made him Luke. Um, but while he's there, a bunch of stuff is going on, and he's trying to figure everything out. Um, 
he's basically fighting the was the crime boss's son. Yes, who's, who's who, essentially like him, but more on the Warhawk side. Yeah, so he was put through uh, Noah Bernstein's experiment as well. He's more on the Warhawk side, like you said. He has like basically the PTSD kind of features. You yeah. Know? Um, that, but he gets like really aggravated, and he's know. also the blue skin like Warhawk, right? Um, and, and he has all the crazy that Warhawk so, has, but yeah. not the humor. Exactly. <laughs> in the last issue, he kind of they so basically they brought in uh, I'm blanking on her name right now, but the doctor that worked with Bernstein that they wanted a cure for him that to get rid of like the anger and all that that like triggers him to go crazy. That didn't turn, and, turn, and it turn yeah, out too well. It didn't turn out well, and he ended up killing his dad. Yeah, and now he's on a freaking rampage <laughs> yeah. um and then we have a good uh of uh, that same sword that kind of ripped into uh luke is back and this time the is it mitchell actually he grabs it and plunges it right into warhawk yeah so there's you'll find out who makes these swords later in the at the end of the issue uh but they somehow have this blade that can cut through the unbreakable skin that warhawk luke cage all these bernstein experiments have and it's scary i mean if you have something like that that can hurt Luke Cage, I mean, that's huge. Yeah, it's huge. And, you know, uh, they kill off the son. Warhawk is injured. So they're trying to bring it back to the lab, trying to figure out what, like, Luke's sitting down like, wait a minute, there's a lot of pieces there. Let me go through all the yeah. pieces. But he's starting to realize, like, there's holes in all these pieces. Yeah. Like, something is not right. Because yeah. everything, everything that people keep saying, there's always something missing. And he's like, this doesn't make no sense. Yeah, I mean, Luke has been around the block exactly. once or twice. You know what I mean? He starts putting together one and two. He's like, this has been told to me. This has been told to me. It's all by this person. He's like, something's not right. And he basically confronts them. And he's like, you have to tell me everything now or we're going to have some problems. And then you get this huge thing at the end. Yep. That we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah. And I mean, again, you know, getting a little bit more on Luke's backstory, a little bit more about other people that are like him is always good. And so now it's all, it's all kind of started coming to a head. Definitely. It's a shared history. Um, so up next, we got the Marvel Store Ragnarok Prelude. This is based on the Incredible Hulk script. Um, the screenplay written by Zach Penn. And the writer for this book is Will Corona Pilgrim. Art by J.L. Giles. Or Giles. And colors by J. David Ramos. This is just adapting the second part to Incredible Hulk the movie. Um, you know, seeing the Hulk go one-to-one of the Abomination. It's fun. I mean, the art's killer in this book. And it really depicts, like, the whole second half really well. And I love the way they draw the Hulk. So, pick it up. Next up, we have The Mighty Thor 21, written by Jason Aaron, art by Valerio Skizzy, <laughs> and uh, color by Veronica Gandini. Um, this is more the War Thor, and I'm all about it. I love War Thor. Yo, War, I Thor, love Jason War, Aaron Thor. on All Thor. He got me after uh, the God Killer. And so, like, he just, he just make he makes Thor interesting. Oh, yeah. And so, but War Thor is awesome. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, the Queen of Cinders has sent a bunch of these, like, locusts to go destroy the uh, the dwarves. They're on it. They're kind of doing it. War Thor, sh- uh, War Thor shows up and just wrecks havoc on yeah. everybody. And if you don't know from the last issue, War Thor is Volstag. Yeah. And, you know, Volstag usually has a big belly and eating all the time. Now he's ripped and killing yeah. everyone. He's jacked. He is angry. He's super he, angry. He, it, I think they say in here, and I think he says that, like, basically the fighting feeds him. Yeah. Being the Warthor, I mean, the hammer that he's using is from the Ultimate Universe, so it's not powered the same way as the, you know, Mjolnir and the other hammers and axes from our universe. Yeah. So it's very different, and 
I mean, he's out, man. He's yeah, out. He's and, out for blood. And it was cool because he, you know, he quickly dispatches with all the Queen of Cinders, like little locust guys. Right. But um, Empress and uh, the Troll King show up just to kind of show, kind of on some like, oh, man, there's another Thor. Jeez, they're always around. Yeah. And they, again, uh, you know, underestimate him. And he I love that. They, they say something about like, uh, I don't know, like, they don't want to deal with imposters or something. Yeah, or like, yeah. Some, something like that. And he just like takes them. Oh, he, <laughs> and, they, and he just, re- again, wrecks just a bunch of havoc. Kind of just... Again, I like that Warthor is so different from the others. Yeah, and definitely. Where he's a lot more violent. He's a lot more, I'm going to whoop everyone's ass. Yeah. That's pretty much what he does. Um, there's a good moment where he kind of um, almost blinks out, kind of like, wait, what am I doing? This is bad. But then he, then he snaps back to Warthor again, and he goes off, to, and he wants to find the Queen of Senders who's been messing with the dwarves. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they burned a bunch of people, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to find them, too. And then, you know, a, a quick hit at the end, um, you have uh, Jane Foster back in her mortal form, who is quickly, quickly deteriorating every time she goes back to being human. It just doesn't look good. And you have Odin's son kind of holding her, saying, like, yo, you should not be doing this because yeah. every time you do it, it just makes you die he, quicker. He, he yells at Mjolnir in the woman part. He's like, you're the one who did this. Like, yep. you're, you're making it worse. But... I mean, she's Thor now. She is Thor. When there's trouble, she's got to. She got to go. Exactly. She's got a duty, so there's nothing she can do. So that's pretty much what she does. All right. Next one, we got Monsters Unleashed number four. This is by Cullen Bunn and art by David Baldion and Ramon Box and uh, colors by Chris Sotomayor. So this is Kai basically captured by the new intelligentsia. Uh, They want him to basically create monsters for them. Which I mean, what else would you want from any human kid to create <laughs> monsters? And they're they're mean people. I mean, say so they put him in this contraption. Uh, they sh- they've shrunk down his like monsters that he created already and put him in these little bowls. You got uh, Elsa Bloodstone teaming up the Mole Man. You know, trying to figure out how can we do it. The Mole Man has a real a kinship with Kai now. It's, yeah, like it's... now they're homies. Now he's like, no, I tried yeah. to kill him, but now he's like, I kind of feel for the yeah, boy. Yeah, exactly. I, I want I want to. So they, they they team up. They go to save him. Um, you know, a fight ensues. They do save him, but it's a lot deeper than that. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's, there's a, a lot of stuff going on. There's also a really good cameo with uh, Lady Hellbender, who uh, you might have seen before in Totally Awesome Hulk, and she's kind of just there because, like, hey, you guys promised me monsters. I want more monsters. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> I don't, she's like, I don't want anything to do with the whole like kidnapping you yeah. and making work for me. It's like <laughs> she's like, they just promised me this, and I'm gonna sit over here the whole time. Like, she's not like them at all. Pretty much. <laughs> and then. You got a threat to Kai's home, so he has to get out of there, save them. And then you have this really cool thing at the end where actually, so the monsters escape, and they're all still many, and he's trying to figure out a way to save them. And he makes them, uh, like, basically combine. And it's really cool to see him combine. And then they're fighting these leviathons, and they bring out another (laughs) trick. And it's like, oh man! So like the last page is really awesome, and I, I, I mean, I love monster fights. So yeah, I mean, monster fights, and the last three pages are just a bunch of big monsters. Yeah, and, and it just keeps it just keeps monsters and monsters and monsters. Which and monsters. it should be. I mean, it's <laughs> monsters unleashed, and Ramon and David just draw the crap out of some monsters, man. <laughs> All right, and then we got another one. Miss Marvel number 20. This is by G. Willow Wilson and art by Marco Falla and colors by Ian Herring. So. I love this book in general, but I really want this one because I. So I'm a Jersey guy. I'm saying it on the podcast. <laughs> I live in Jersey, Jersey City. Reppin. They live in Jersey City. So, and I love all the details that go into his book. Like, there's so many actual. I don't want to. So, the, the big clock that's in one of the scenes, that's actually there. Um, 
it's kind of random name. So I understand why they didn't draw it in here, but it's cool. And like the, when they're in a couple of different spots, they really get this really well. And I, I, I dig it so much. But I mean, I, the other thing I really dig is this is, this is, you know, political stuff right here. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. I mean, I think one of the things that they do well is they t they touch on a lot of stuff that's going on uh, currently in the political climate, yeah. but also do it through the lens of Miss Marvel and how she's like dealing with Jersey. Yes, and it's so real that I really dig the book. The whole beginning with uh, with uh, her brother. Yeah, her brother. Uh, it's just like the way he talks about it. The way he it's really opening your eyes, and then you have really cool superhero moments also. You have Miss Marvel trying to basically, you know, save Jersey City and s save her hometown. Yeah, and, and she's also like, I'm trying to do like, I'm trying to do what's best for everyone. Yeah, you know I mean, and I mean? also you know, uh, much like Miles, she's kind of in that she's still learning everything, so she wants to do the right thing, but then doing the right thing is always going to make someone else not like like you, basically. Yeah, exactly, and it. I mean, it's she's doing the right thing, but then you also see the Jersey City. Uh, Ites, I think she calls them in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that actually aren't. She thought she was in the you know the norm of being liked, and there are some people that are against her. And it's, I mean, that's the way the world is. You know, it's, it's, totally so it's, true. A really, it's like a, it's like a coming to story at the same time as like a real life story and a superhero. In it. I dig yeah. it so much. I love it. And I think also for Miss Marvel, like one of the big things of her overarching arc is like she's learning that she wants to be a superhero and help people, but at the same time, not everybody wants to be helped. Yeah. And then you got Discord and Lockdown, and Discord's just a huge jerk. Really don't like yeah, him or her. Yeah. We don't know yet. She's, she keeps talking about how she feels so familiar. Yeah. But we haven't seen him without the mask, or her without the mask. Yeah, yet, so, so we we'll don't, see. still don't know. Yeah, and then uh, there's a thing at the end. There's a talk between Miss Marvel and the previous mayor, who was in favor, and it, it's, it's deep stuff, and... Miss Marvel has to figure out what to do. And then Discord comes again, doing some jerky stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we have Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, written by Chip Sardosky, art by Adam Kuber, and colors by Jordi Belair. Um, Peter Parker's Sp Spectacular Spider-Man is just a fun book. It's just Parker being yeah. Parker. Um, it's cool because it's him and Human Torch, and they always have good banter. Chip writes some great, funny Peter. And, you know, I mean, it opens up with him having an interaction with Riri, and it's funny because, again, he's being Parker, being funny and goofy, and Riri's like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, why are you like this? And yeah, like, exactly. AI, AI Tony's talking to her also. It's so funny. Yeah, he's, <laughs> and I like it because, like, AI Tony's just like, no, this is how he is. Yeah, you have to accept that's it. the real Spider-Man. Yeah, she's like, really? <laughs> really this like goofy yeah, yeah it's just, so funny just just roll with it just roll with it um but there's a really uh funny bit where you know parker needs to get back to new york and so he's like riding on the back of uh ironheart and she's like aren't you embarrassed he's like nope and she's like yep you're right tony he's this is how he is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but anyways the um you know uh parker's sister sort of kind of yes is back and um human torch didn't even know he had a sister so that's that, that whole bit was kind of funny yeah well, and will they explain it? They, so this is from the uh, was it family business? OGN? Family business, yeah. yeah. So and they, they, I mean, they get into it. They explain why though. They have a nice like splash page where it goes into like all the I think like all the details yeah, and the history she's and all the that. Agent, and yeah. So Parker's parents, and, and so like, they were she was brainwashed kind of to think she was part of the family, but not really. I mean, it, it's a lot, but I mean, it, it happened. Yeah, These and, are they, comics. And, they, <laughs> and they deal with it in a pretty like cool way where you know parker's like yo i gotta do something but 
torts, hang out with her. Yeah. He's like, I'm not gonna be a babysitter. But like, dude, just chill. It's Do a, it and make it happen. Spider Man's got a date, basically. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's 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 really. It, I love it so much. It's great. Uh, Human Torch kind of follows him, Johnny. Yeah, <laughs> There's and some funny things that happen in there. <laughs> also, the fact that Parker goes on his date with a blazer in full Spider-Man yep. costume. It's it's so good, man. Um, um, but yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun, definitely a fun issue. I think um, it was cool to have a little team up with Riri and uh, and Parker, and this nice little reveal that you kind of figure out. But definitely a good book. Yep, definitely. Next up is Royals, written by Al Ewing. All right, with art by Tony Silas and colors by Jim Oman, Charla <laughs> Lampidus, with Jose Villarubia. Rubia. Yes. I totally married those, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so we're getting a little bit more of a Royals where we have half in the in the present time and half 5,000 years in the future, which is a little weird because, you know, uh, what's his name? Maximus is the one that's like the last inhuman. Yeah. Well, so you have... An- I'm not going to spoil it, but so at the end of this issue, you have another future castmate who's in this book already, and yep. they even say it on the uh, the letters page, I believe. They they confirmed, like, it's someone in this cast already, like, who, you could probably tell, yeah. but they're not, they don't say it yet. Yeah. But so it, it's cool. So it's you get to see two of them, super future, super different looking, and it's a it's a cool dynamic, but they're, something's happening. Yeah, definitely. It's something that's, like, something's big that's happening that's bringing these two back together after not really, like, interacting with each other for a very long time. Um, also, you have Ronan the Accuser kind of, like, taking all of our heroes out and kind of giving them their own little pockets of their own hell. Yeah. And basically, they're, uh, they're in a basically little pocket dimension that's basically accusing them of whatever their deepest thing is. And, you know, Norvar is the first person, well, second person to, to break out because he already accepted his things that he's done wrong. Yeah. And he's okay with it. And, well, and he also, so his pocket little fear dimension or whatever is, so I guess he had a relationship with future Kate Bishop, which is also awesome to see. Yeah, Just that was an older yeah. Kate Bishop. Yeah, you know that was I mean? in uh, Young Avengers. And then, you know what? Their dynamic was really cool. Yeah. And when they broke up, it was kind of like, oh, man. And it was 100% his fault. Yeah. But, I mean, it's cool to see, like, an older version. Like, it actually, you know, it went somewhere. Yeah. And, um. Uh, so basically, and he calls her out for something. He's like, if you were the real K-Bishop, he's like, you wouldn't be doing this or something. And that's when, like, it kind of starts hitting him. He's like, how is this ha- happening? And he uses super science, basically. I think that's what Maximus says in there. Yeah, to get he's like, out. to get out. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, Maximus, you're already out. He's like, oh, yeah, that was like five seconds. Yeah, he was like, mine was lasted no time at all. Um, but I think the biggest bit, uh, or the bulk of it, was the interaction between Ronan and Crystal. Yes. And, you know. There's some deep stuff in they, there. They, you know, they used to be married. There's a lot of, lot of history with them and they had to unpack a lot of it yep. and this issue really got to the heart of that and they went back and forth about it to really it was to really kind of get to that and i think that that's the, the heart of this so issue. yeah the core of this whole thing was it's it's ronin dealing with a lot of his emotions basically so he's like amped up on this cosmic level right now he has a bunch of new powers um and he's you know he's trying to blame a bunch of people for things that aren't their fault and not necessarily his fault either you know but he's been storing them in for a while yeah definitely um and you know uh norvar who's been with the royals for a specific reason and now he gets to kind of get that reason uh, across and so again he kind of they they get to a point where you know they release everybody everyone's everyone everyone's messed up because they all had to like basically right, face, yeah. face a fear or something that was really like uh hitting them and so now norvar is like all right well this is really the reason why i was here in the first place is to kind of bring back the uh supreme intelligence so it's oh it's, no, it's a different one so it's a supreme intelligence 
basically, but from his alternate, you know. That's right. That's so, right. And it's called the Supreme Plex, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And it, yeah. And instead of like. Plex intelligence. Yeah. Plex intelligence. <laughs> yeah. And so instead of, I, I don't know, instead of trying to accuse people and everything like that he's all about like information and helping out yeah so so it's awesome i mean so it's cool it, and I think, like i think it's gonna give ronan a different path you want to put it that yeah, way so he plugs him in he gets he gets planted just like you know the other super intelligence would get planted and he finds out some more information nora var gets uh, the information and they he says it's here what we've been looking for and we'll see where it goes from there on the next issue. Yeah, 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 definitely. It was definitely a cool issue. No, that, yeah, I love that book. That's great. All right, next up, we have Secret Empire, Brave New World number four. Um, it's three stories with Misty Knight, Emma Frost, and Invaders. Um, should we check out through all of them? Yeah, we could talk just, a, you know, little hits in all of them. Yeah, so... Give the people what they want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Misty Knight story is a really fun story. It's just really yeah. quick. It's more happy, kind of helping people and kind of doing what she does. Yeah. Um, I'm glad Misty got a little bit of a shine because, like, you know, sometimes she gets a little overshadowed in the other books she's Definitely. been in. It's, it's, um, it's a very cute story. Yeah, it's, it's a nice and cute story. They find a civilization, like this, or, I guess, group of people, not civilization. Yeah. They're, like, kind of post-apocalyptic yeah, almost, like almost fiends. mad max yeah exactly yeah and i don't know and she's trying to hide some people they're like they take in all different you know because you know humans now in secret empire they need to be like registered and, yeah. and reported and you know they're taking in humans it's cute yeah it's a cute fun story it's really uh it's nice and quick and that's what i liked about it but it also just gets uh misty a little bit more shine definitely um the second story is emma frost and new tian yeah a long time to figure out how what that was. <laughs> um uh she's on the red carpet she's with sebastian shaw everyone's happy except for one or two people they uh quickly dispatch with one person that yeah. wants to shoot her but another person where you know another young mutant is you know part of the resistance again and now you have this resistance that's mutants humans against yep. this whole new tn thing and she's kind of like you know there was a time when i probably would have helped this mutant out and helped her become a better yeah. uh you know more powerful mutant but now eh, i'm just gonna wipe your mind and we'll start over again well yeah so that's the whole thing so they're walking down this i guess they put like an award show on it's funny because sebastian was like why do we do this and she's <laughs> like it's for the people blah blah and then they have a little bit of a discrepancy discrepancy and so it, it, it they make it seem like at the end that there's this wasn't the first discrepancy. Yeah. And each time that something happens, uh, Emma just wipes everyone's mind so they forget and they start it right over back again. up at the front. Yeah. It's it. I mean, I guess that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, but also, you know, she's, I mean, she's that powerful to do that. So. Yeah. It also kind of puts on the point that you know she's almost re fully regained all of her her powers right. back. And I think that's because like you know the depowered Emma wasn't really on that level, but now her old self was like that, and she's more and more becoming her old self. Definitely. Um, but the uh, the best part of this book was um, the Invaders uh, short story. Yes. And that's getting it's getting really really good. See, this is gonna. I think. I mean, obviously, these will all probably have you know repercussions on the full story and everything yeah, definitely. but this one was big yeah definitely this is big you know uh you have hammond and toro going in to talk to namor he's imprisoned them and namor's kind of like hey man this is what it is i have i've made this deal i gotta do what's best for atlantis yeah um and then uh Nimarita comes back which was like awesome by the way new warriors fan right here um and so he has to kind of show that you know you can't go against the crown so he's basically gonna kill his cousin and he's kind of reconciled with himself. Maybe I shouldn't do it. Maybe I should. No, you know what? I'm going to do it. Yep. But the people turn on him. Yep. There's an uprising. And now, they're, yeah. They're not in favor of what Namor's been doing, what he's been deciding, and they turn on him. And even one of his, 
I think it's like his hot his top guard. Yes, yeah, like right hand man, right? Yeah. At the end is like I I'm not standing by this anymore, you know? And so we'll see because I mean that's what that's what was keeping Namor, you know, to Atlantis in this book and like doing what's best for Atlantis and all this. That's why he made a deal with, you know, Steve and all that. So who knows where it's going to go from here? And who knows what he's what he's going to end up doing now? Yeah, definitely. If they don't take him out. Yeah, and, that's, <laughs> and, and that was the thing, because like he basically sacrificed his dignity and everything else to make sure Atlantis was cool. Yeah. And now Atlantis doesn't even want him. Yep. So, I don't know. We'll, we will see. We will see. All right, we got Spider-Man 2099, number 25. This is by Peter David and art by Will Sliney and uh, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. This was a big issue. It was huge. So... Miguel found out he has a son in the future. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> who is also basically Spider-Man 2099. Um, it's, it's really awesome to see. And he's like, what happens? And basically he found out that his life is going to end. And, and he knows it. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where it's one of those... Again, future and, Mar- and Marvel stories are always interesting because it's kind of like, hey, this is going to happen. And like, oh, man, right. really? Well... So, and... That he knows that Tempest is present when he when he dies in the you know in the present day. There's some details on that. She knows where he dies, uh, but the the thing is, she doesn't know how, how? Yes. in the future. But you find out how, and you find out why she doesn't know. It's really sad, but he's a hero, and he's got to do what hero do, like do. You know what I mean? <laughs> Heroes so, got to do what they do. Yeah. So he goes through. I thought it was really sweet. He uh, sell, he sends Roberta back, who's Captain America 2099, um, into the future to spend with her family. He and gives uh, the, the keys to the R&D of uh, Park Industries to his trusted homie that yep. he's been helping him this whole time. It, it's just a really, it's an awesome issue. It just kind of, it caps everything. He makes a deal with uh, Man Mart, Mountain Marco. It's, it's, it's just, they, they cut everything. They make everything happen. And, but then, and then he dies. Yeah. I'm gonna spoil it. <laughs> he dies. Yeah, he gets killed. But is that all there is to it? And you find out if there is or isn't. Yeah, and you find out. And this is the last issue of uh, the series twenty-five. Yep. Uh, Peter David and Will Sliney. Sliney. Sliney <laughs> have been doing some really cool stuff with it, and um, it is kind of crazy that you know Peter David created this character, man, almost twenty years ago. Yeah, something like that. So him coming back to it and doing a full twenty-five issue run and kind of like bringing it into the modern realm, having some cool stuff, getting to bring in some of the older characters that he created before, and kind of just flesh them all out. It was good. So I yeah. think this is a good like kind of a bookend to the a good run. It is. It is. It, it, it was an awesome. And then you have an awesome last page, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, awesome. You got, got, yeah, I just said he died a few minutes ago, but you got to <laughs> read it. You got to find out. You got to see. It is really good. I loved it. A+. Plus. <laughs> All right. And now we have Star Wars, Poe Dameron, number 17. I love this book. It's oh, by Charles Soule. He's so good looking. Yeah, <laughs> he's so awesome. Um, art by Angel Unzueta and colors by Arif Prianto. Oh, good job. And I love the art in this book. I love it. It's it's awesome. It's so good. They the way they capture everyone's face, the details, it's so perfect. Like the strains on Poe's hair in this. <laughs> it's it, it's it's great. Yeah, I mean the Poe book in general like, you know, Noto set a really good example from just the the jump of the first half right. of it and it just kept continuing it after. And it, so I think the art really hits with It's the so Poe fantastic. Dammit. Angel is killing it. Um Arif is killing the colors. It's fantastic. It's awesome. I love it. It's so Star Wars. It's so Poe Dameron. Uh, the meat of this issue is the reporter journalist that they kind of have working for them now, but was doing some 
bad stuff in the like in the beginning of this arc. They need her to do a job. Poe's trying to show Leia that hey, she's not a bad person. There's more to it. She's really about the cause now. So she, they're giving her a chance. Then you got some creepy stuff of uh, Commander Malaris. Who's really creepy. She's just, uh, she's terrible. The one, thing yeah. about, the one thing about the Star Wars books is like they've really introduced a lot of cool and terrifying villains. Definitely. Like, and just that each one is all, has their own little creepy thing about them, and this one is just as creepy. Yeah, it's, ugh. And then on, on top of all of that stuff that's going on, they have Adi Muva, who was basically betrayed them and the First Order. Yeah, basically. And he's trying to escape. He's on his own side. Yeah, so Poe and um, who's the other pilot? Uh, th- but they're trying to capture him and they're trying to see like why he did what he did, what's going on. So, I mean, we'll see. And then, but the thing is, Malaris is also after him. So, will everything come to a head? Everybody wants know. him. I don't know. But yeah, great book. All right, and next up we have a totally awesome Hulk. This is weapon uh, number twenty-one. It's Weapons of Mutant Destruction Part Four, written by Greg Pak, uh, art by Robert Gill, color by Nolan Woodard, and this is uh, continuing our heroes' uh, journey fighting the the new Weapon X program. Um, this issue is actually a little bit calmer than the other ones have been because other ones have been a lot of death and mayhem. Definitely, this one's more like. Cho kind of hanging out with a lot of killers and not really under, not not really realizing that he is. He's got to keep him under <laughs> control, you know what I mean? And he's not really up to the task because, again, he literally is the junior of everyone in there, senior. Yeah, I mean. They've, they've all been around the block. Um, the Weapon X program is, I think they found their uh, candidate to be, uh, you know, the Beta H that they've been trying to create this whole time. Yep. And um, he already kind of has ties to this whole situation. So it's starting to look like that he's going to be the guy. Um, once again, Cho's kind of kind of presenting the plan to what's to all the killers and mercenaries. Let's not be uh, too too uh, glib. But one of the things that they're all kind of like, yeah, but we have to kill everyone. And Cho's like, no, we don't kill people. Like, <laughs> but we're killers. This is what we do. <laughs> they're used to one thing. <laughs> Pretty much. And I think it's also, you know, uh, there's a really good bit with uh, Cho versus Sabretooth. Because Sabretooth's who has been pretty much this whole series been kind of poking at him the whole time because every time Cho, uh, you know, Cho Hulk isn't as hulky as he needs to be, Sabretooth usually pushes him over the edge to kind of give him that rage. Yeah, and one of the past issues, Sabretooth literally just took a gun and just started oh, yeah. shooting him in his face to get him angry. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, but, but it's good because again, it kind of uh, it kind of reminds Cho that a at some point he's gonna lose control because that's kind of his whole thing in all this whole series is like I'm different than Banner because I have control right. but there's been those moments where he doesn't and he definitely Hulk smash and mm-hmm. I think that's the kind of the line that he's been teetering this pretty much this whole thing um, but there is definitely a good bit where they're mostly fighting and they kind of work out their anger issues <laughs> got him and um, but Old Man Logan once again kind of gets them all together figure out what they want to do next and I think now they're all pretty much on the same page roughly yep. and now we're going closer to the uh, conclusion of this uh, this like this crossover. It's gonna be a big one. Oh yeah! And next up we have U.S. Avengers number eight. This is with uh, written by Al Ewing, penciled by Paco Medina, inks by Juan Velasco, and colors by Jesus Albertov. Um, basically, we got Doctor Tony Ho is captured by Hydra. She's bunkmates with Dacosta. Dacosta is basically almost. He's already full powered up, but he's in this very like vegetative state. And she's kind of figuring out, okay, I got to figure out how to get us get us out of here, but at the same time, make sure that he doesn't die. Yep. Because we all know that Takosa hasn't really powered up because he's, it's killing him, basically. 
Um, I thought this was a really cool issue just because one of the things that it kind of develops a little bit more of Tony's uh, back uh, backstory, but also kind of shows her ingenuity as well. And so she kind of like, you know, goes through the whole, you know, prison figuring out little small things she can that can help her as she goes. You also get a really cool cameo by the, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what this group is called, so we'll just give them a unknown <laughs> name. But it's basically the, you know, Squirrel Girl and Enigma teaming up with Excalibur, Ares, uh, Perigen, Guillotine, and Captain Britain, and um, Nigel, the other Punisher. The, oh. Always for his, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Outlaw. <laughs> yep, there it goes. Um, so, yeah, so that they're all in Paris, and they're basically trying to well, plan. He oh. shows up, like, a little later, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so they're in Paris, but they're all trying to figure out what they're going to do to um, overthrow the Hydra faction in Paris. Um, I thought it was really cool to see this dynamic of a team, and I like these really random mix of characters. So it was cool to give them a little bit of a shine just to kind of see what they're doing. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's a good it's a good story. It's a good book. Um, there's a lot of growing. Of, you know, I'm the daughter of you know y- Yinsen and all that. Yes, exactly. It's 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 it's, a, it's great though, and I mean they got to find a way out. Yeah, you know? and I, I think they really give. Um, Tony a lot to do to really figure out the situation because yeah. normally she's kind of like hey I built this really cool thing you guys do it but this time now it's like it's all on her. You know she's capable but you really see that she's capable in here you know definitely, what I mean? Definitely. Um, you get a really quick bite with um, Cannonball who is supposedly supposed to be dead but he's in deep space being auctioned off to the highest bidder um, that's already going to start you off on a whole nother plan. <laughs> yeah, there's there's something weird in there with yeah. this mustached figure. <laughs> yeah, I'm really curious to see where this is going because like, I actually like a lot of the Cannonball in space stuff. Like, right. I thought it was really fun. Um, but one of the, the coolest part about this book is you get kind of like... Um, you know, Tony coming to the realization that, like, you know what, she is, she's good. She knows what she's doing and she's on this team for a reason and she's definitely about to save the day. Yep, definitely. All right. Then we got this last two issues for the week, and I'm going to take it home. So we got The Ultimates 2, number 9. This is by Al Ewing and art by Travel Foreman, colors by Dan Brown. And this is a big issue. There's a lot going on. So you got Maker and the High Evolutionary being creepos. Oh, man. They're <laughs> yeah. so creepy. And the Maker is like, he gets creepy and creeper at every you know issue. What? But this one, he pulls back, like, two seconds, and then all of a sudden he goes back to being Yeah, creepy. I'm going to take it back, because I'm going to say High Evolutionary is just, like, kind of a villain. He's kind of just what he wants to do, you know, you know, villain stuff. Yeah. And the maker's like, no, <laughs> we're going to do this and he's this, like, and, like, all like, this creepy stuff. And, like, there's even a part where High Evolutionary is like, wait, wait, we can't do, like, can we reverse this? And he's, like, <laughs> like laughing. He's like, whatever. And yeah, I don't think High Evolutionary knew what he was getting into. He was kind of like, oh, let's be evil. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. Now you're trying to break all reality. Yeah, I don't want to be this He's, evil. like, trying to do some stuff with some Death Celestials that are in here. Um, you get a lot of the, I think they call it the Eternity War that's going on. So you yeah. have... Um, the Eternity Watch is going on. You got Eagle Prime, Cyhawk, <laughs> uh, Galactus, and the Infinite. <laughs> oh, Infinite? Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I have to say is uh, Ego Prime with legs is so weird. <laughs> Dude, he needs legs and fists to take some people out. Uh, yeah, you got so you know I'm Ego who had a you know a talking head, uh, planet, and now he has arms and legs, yeah. and he's like smashing things. Sometimes you need it, but yeah, so you have that going on. There's a bunch of stuff they they realize that High Evolutionary and Maker are messing around and watching them. Um, they're basically trying to tell them, hey, like you get out of here, like don't do yeah. this. And then so then you get to that towards the end of the issue. Finally, I know the Ultimates are... They're fighting in Secret Empire right now. They're trying to keep the Chitauri invasion out um, from Earth, even though the shield's there, and they finally get called in to battle. And they're like, sorry, there's a bigger war happening. You gotta come with us. 
Pretty much. I mean, Galactus has kind of had them on on watch the whole time, knowing right. that he's going to have to bring them in, and now this is finally like, okay, I See, need you guys. And then there's some cool Black Panther stuff at the end, which, I mean, I was, because obviously you know that Black Panther is part of Secret Empire, and yes. he's on Earth, so you're like, oh, what about Black Panther? And then you get him! Yeah, and that and was like, that kind of threw me for a loop, because I was like, wait, so wait, who are you talking to? Wait, you're talking to a white tiger? Yeah. Oh, the tiger got, oh! Yep. You get, it, so it, you get some Wakanda, you know, mythology in here, yep. you, and some, like, kind of ancient stuff yeah. but it's really cool and i want to see like it's only like two pages or three pages but it makes you like where's this gonna go where's yeah. it gonna lead to i was actually more uh, that that was actually the most uh surprising part of the book and right. it was interesting to see like where that's gonna go yeah and then at the end you get some really maker evil crap it's terrible <laughs> i hate it even his like there's, so it basically creates like this new entity. The word balloons are like black and red, so you know it's bad. <laughs> uh, and we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. And then you have this also this last page where if you've seen the cover of the next issue, you'll know. But some return of some, uh, you know, people are probably not going to do some not nice stuff. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm really curious to see where that goes. Yeah, it's, we'll, we'll see. We will see. All right, and the last, we got X-Men Gold, number eight. This is by Mark Guggenheim, art by Ken Lashley, colors by Frank Martin with Andrew Crossley. And this is Kitty Pride doing a bunch of cool stuff, basically. So they're taking out this mutant serial killer. Uh, last issue ended off. They're about to, he's about to shoot Colossus in the head. Colossus' powers aren't working. He keeps putting some power dampers on people because he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, the, the mutant killer is definitely um, knows everyone's power and has all the gadgets to make sure that he can do the most damage. Yeah. And so he's already, he's already killed a couple of the, um, you know, the students and he, he has a whole bunch of bombs ready to blow off to blow off the school. Yep. No, he's ready. He's, he's very he's, ready. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's some saving uh, with Rachel in there, and then Kitty just goes all out, basically. Pretty much, she, she finds she finds her katana, and once you know, yeah. once Kitty gets a katana, you know she's gonna be killing somebody, or not killing someone. Sorry, she's going to be fighting someone. Yeah, there's some <laughs> stuff. There's some really sad stuff with uh, Old Man Logan, Storm, and Nightcrawler. Something happened to Nightcrawler. It's very sad. Uh, but the meat of the issue, it's Kitty. Like she has this whole inner, inner, uh, inner monologue, and she's like, "I am the ninja. I am Shadow Cat. I can do this," and like. Just becomes Kitty Pride. Yeah, you know, and she, you know, and <laughs> like full on, straight whooping ass and doing it. I think it was awesome to see it. Like you know, you kind of want to see the leader being the leader, right? And kind of like telling everybody what to do, but also like fighting well and doing that. So. Yeah, and it's awesome. And then you get some background stuff with uh, just gonna say it, the hand, some creepy stuff. I don't know what's going on. The hand in the X Men book we, that can never be good. Yeah, we'll see. And then, but then the end of it, it's Kitty being Kitty, and then there's this. Psst, page at the end which really uh there's a sacrifice but not really kind of just a saving uh and then there is some government stuff that happens at the end and yeah also it makes I, me upset yeah but also the one didn't want to gloss over there's a cool uh santo splash page which i like was really cool because santo's one of those characters where you like He's cool, and he's always get, doesn't really get to. He always kind of like plays second fiddle right. like everyone else. But this time, he actually gets to like throw in the final punch. Yeah, he gets something nice in there. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's that's all the comics for the week, everyone. Ooh, we made it. We did it. We did it. <laughs> no got, Ben, no Ryan. Yeah. yeah, we did it. We got through. We got yeah. through. Yeah, and like we said, tweet at us if you want to tell us how bad we were. <laughs> I'm sorry we tried. Or or, or good. You know, we might have we might have done okay. Yeah, but, I think we did like a five. Yeah, you know, we did all right. Uh, but Maybe a six. Let's, Ryan will be back next week. I don't believe Ben will. 
you know, he's got a kid now. He's got to take some time off. Baby Hazel is uh, beautiful. There's going to be a bunch of news. There's a bunch of news that came out of D23. There's going to be a bunch of news that comes out of San Diego. A bunch of a lot of cool things happening. It's why we're so busy. It's why Ryan's out here. It's why, you know, we're here. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot coming for uh, episode 300. Yes. Um, it's gonna be, we should be, should be some really, really fun stuff. And um, 300 shows is a really big deal in the podcasting realm. And so definitely don't want to overgloss that. Yes, it is huge. So, you know. We'll, we'll be back with more. But right now, we're going to get to the collections on sale. So, we got Amazing Spider-Man Worldwide Volume 6, Captain America and the Avengers, the complete collection, Daredevil Back in Black Volume 4, Identity, Deadpool Classic Volume 18, Deadpool vs. Marvel, Mighty Thor Volume 3, Asgardian Shi'ar War, Miss Marvel Volume 7, Damage Per Second, Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat Volume 3, Careless Whiskers, The A to Z of Marvel Monsters, the Punisher Volume 2, End of the Line, U.S. Avengers Volume 1, American Intelligence Mechanics, Fantastic Four, Inhumans, Atlantis Rising, Inhumans, Rite of Birth, Inhumans, The Origin of the Inhumans, Thor Masterworks Volume 3, and Thor Masterworks Volume 4. Digital comics on sale this week, everything we talked about. <laughs> so you can get it digital or you can go to your local comic book shop and pick it up there. Yes. And then we got also on sale on the Marvel app this week. All Winners Comics 1 through 14, that's from the 41 run. Ultimate Marvel Team Up 9 through 16, that's from the 2001 run. Thor Tales of Asgard by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, number 1 through 6. Submariner Comics 1941 run, the original, number Ooh. 1 through 12. And then we got digital collections on sale. Everything that we uh, mentioned beginning, but I'm going to go through it again. <laughs> so we got Digital Collections on Sale, Amazing Spider-Man Worldwide Volume 6, Captain America and the Avengers, The Complete Collection, Daredevil Back in Black Volume 4 Identity, Deadpool Classic Volume 18, Deadpool vs. Marvel, Mighty Thor Volume 3, Asgard Shi'ar War, Miss Marvel Volume 7, Damage Per Second, Patsy Walker aka Hellcat Volume 3, Careless Whiskers, The A to Z of Marvel Monsters, Punisher Volume 2, End of the Line, U.S. Avengers Volume 1, American Intelligence Mechanics, Fantastic Four, Inhumans, Atlantis Rising, Inhumans, Rite of Birth, Inhumans, The Origin of the Inhumans, Thor Masterworks Volume 3, Thor Masterworks Volume 4, and then we got freshly digitized uh, comics on the Marvel Limited app. All winners comics number 1 through 14 from the 41 run, Fantastic Force 8 and 9 from the 94 run, Fantastic Four Unlimited 11, from the 93 run, Fantastic Four Atlantis Rising, number 1 through 2, Journey into Mystery, 57 and 62, Namor the Submariner, 60 to 62 from the 90s run, Stan Lee meets Doctor Strange, Stan Lee meets Doctor Doom, Stan Lee meets Silver Surfer, Stan Lee, Stan Lee meets Spider-Man, and Stan Lee meets The Thing. Those are all from 2006, they're all number 1s. Then we got Submariner Comics, number 1 through 12 from the 41 run, Tales of Suspense, 13, 18, and 23 from the 59. Tales Astonish, 15 through 16, and the 22. That's from 59 as well. And Thor, Tales of Asgard by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, 1 through 6. Then we got Ultimate Marvel Team Up, 9 through 16. And that takes us through all. We're going to kick it off to the West Coast for some news right now. You can hang out with Stromy and Christine. Oh, yeah. So, go ahead. It's the West Coast, show me of the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me of the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me of the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me of the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me of the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, baby. Hello this weekend, Marvelites. This is Marvel.com Aaron Mark Strom, joined by... 
Thank you for putting the mic in front of my face. <laughs> Ryan Panago, aka Marvel's Agent M. No, well, I, the routine is normally Christine goes, and then we introduce you as a special guest. But I guess Christine will be our special guest. She's working. <laughs> she's, she's literally looking at all the things that we wanted to talk about. I, I don't, I don't know. Hi, Christine. Assistant Christ editor, Christine. Say, say hi, Christine. You're supposed hi. to say hi, Christine. Hi, Christine. Oh boy. All right, we're at San Diego right now. We are literally in the booth on the Marvel Live stage. It's uh, been a week since we've been on this podcast, and a lot has happened in a week. Sum me up for us because you just did research. Well, uh, we did not give you an update from D23, which was a lot of things that happened at D23 in the world of games and film. So um, we'll kick it off with games. We announced Marvel's Powers United VR which was awesome. Ryan and I got to demo it um, on the Oculus Rift. Oh, I've seen the footage. <laughs> oh, you watched the footage of that? No, yeah, so when we played, you got to play as, what did you play as? Uh, Captain Marvel and Hulk. Yeah, and I got to play as Captain Marvel and Hulk. I think we, we chose <laughs> well, those yeah. two specifically in the first playthrough. And then here at Comic-Con, I got to play more. I got to play as Rocket and Deadpool. Which is, Deadpool was just announced at Comic-Con. Yeah, and that's pretty awesome. There's an like, awesome trailer to show uh, Deadpool's arsenal. Yeah, like the, the, the cool thing is for the characters who have weapons, so Rocket and uh, Deadpool, you use the controller in a way to grab the weapons off your body. Yeah. So like you have uh, Rocket's blaster on his back and that is, you know, on his sides. Deadpool has swords, he has shurikens, he has guns. Oh, and the shuriken, I've seen the shurikens in action. They are awesome. Yeah, they're, they're, you can throw the swords too. Yeah, I know you can throw the swords too, <laughs> but I remember seeing uh, one of our producers play a demo in uh, in the office, and it's just like, it, it looks like you're making it rain, the motion <laughs> you make when you have to do the shuriken, and That's just like unlimited, it. just like. Sense. It's just like unlimited, just like shurikens everywhere. It's amazing. Oh, so good. It, it is, I, it may be the most fun, pure fun video game experience yeah. I've ever had. And especially because we both wear glasses and I was like, I don't know, I'm going to be nauseous, but yeah. it was not Wait, a problem at all. You're not wearing glasses right now, though. I know, I'm wearing contacts. What? <laughs> Crazy. Uh, whenever you say nauseous, I just think of Philbert <laughs> from Rocco's Marn Life. I'm nauseous. Do you know that there's Rocco's new things happening here? No. Oh, Let's get back to Marvel. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. You're too, you're younger than me. It's Nickelodeon. Um, all right, so that was Powers United. Mm -hmm. What else did we have at D23? At D23, oh man, what did I, else did I we do? I think that was the big games announcement. Yes. Was although we had we, all of our other had the games behind the scenes for Marvel Spider-Man on PS4. Yes. So we. That you can watch on Marvel YouTube, yeah. Marvel Facebook, and Twitter, and everything. If you haven't already, and if you hear that uh, voice up ahead, uh, up not, above us, it's not. We are Thanos. recording this Friday morning at Comic Con to get the episode to you guys today. Hopefully, yeah. Theoretically, but I think we'll just combine stuff from happening from yesterday's games panel at San Diego because for also for uh, Marvel Spider-Man PS4, we showed um, new stills of Mr. Negative, and they looked pretty awesome. There's like subway scene with Peter and. Are are you positive that was Mr. Negative? I am positive that it is Mr. Negative. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um, and I think that was it for D23 games, but also for games we also showed um, new characters for Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2. We have Howard the Duck joining and. Um, Duckpool. Well, no. no. 
no. Uh, iron Howard, Duck. Howard the Duck it turns into Iron Duck. Yeah. And is voiced by Greg Miller from, from Kind of Funny, Funny uh, who hosted the Marvel Games panel, who's a buddy. He's delightful. Um, yes. Yeah, that's why I meant. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> this is true. Very true. This yeah. is very true. And uh, we, what else did we have from the games panel? We announced uh, a new character from Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, didn't we? Yes. It is. Oh, it's that Carnum. Um, a no, no, that's Lego Marvel Superheroes. Was that awesome? Oh, yeah, you're the. But didn't we announce Spider-Man for Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite? Yes. Yeah. All right. That was so, days ago. Uh, I don't. I don't know. That was yesterday. Uh, officially announced uh, Spider-Man for Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, along with a couple of uh, Capcom characters, Mike Hagar, which I'm very excited about because he's dope, uh, Nemesis, Frank West. Um, they did a little spotlight on the Mind Stone or Mind Gem. I can't remember if they're calling them gems or stones. stones. I think stones. Stones, most likely. Whatever. Uh, and then um, for... Yeah, that was for Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. There's a panel today where they're going to go into some more of the story. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll get you more of that info next week. Or just follow on marvel.com slash SDCC2017. You'll catch all our live tweets from the panels. Mostly Christine's live tweets. <laughs> the, 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 one, the ones with typos are mine. <laughs> um. Um, but also in the games, we uh, showed a little more footage of Gamora in action for Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. The Telltale series, episode three, will be coming out soon. Um, so that's pretty awesome. Gamora's badass. No She's teaming up with her, her dad, He's Thanos, and her sister, Nebula. Yeah. Uh, all right, is that for games? Yes. All right. How about... We'll, also, we'll oh. go back to D23 oh to talk about the live-action film panel. Well, yeah, oh, yes, all right. Live-action film at D23. We got an awesome new look at Marvel Studios' Avengers Infinity War. Yes. Um, we... Uh, we all lost showed, our minds. We all lost our minds. It was some great footage. Thanos was just like raining stuff down on everyone. It's like and the first time people see in the cinematic universe Thanos not sitting down. <laughs> yes, which, which well, he, he sort of saunters over to the gauntlet <laughs> at the end of I don't even remember what movie it was. He's like, A Age of Alt Age of Ultra. I think that's Age of Ultron. That's the end credit, right? Yeah. 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 And Kevin Kevin even makes a joke. Have those interviews gone out yet? Or are we still working on that? I think they we're still working. They may be shown on the live stream this week. Yeah. All right, all right. So Kevin does make a joke uh, about how he was very insistent that the next time fans saw Thanos for the first time, he would be uh, standing and walking. <laughs> um, Can we uh, we should also pull the audio from those to just use as a podcast. Yep. Um, so that we'll get you guys some audio from the Infinity War press line, which it sounds like it was a lot of fun. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, we talked to, God, we talked I to Tom Holland, Tom Holland, Benedict Cumberbatch, Kevin Feige, Joe Russo. You know what we should do? A special giant episode that combines the D23 uh, audio with what we're going to get here at Comic-Con with the Hall H press line. Go for it. It's, it'll be a big studios because it's more than one film. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Um, and then, uh, oh God. Oh, well, also at D23, we honor Jack Kirby and Stan Lee as Disney legends. Yes. And they join Oprah, Carrie Fisher. Mark Hamill. Yeah. But tons of people, 10 people were added to the Disney legends. And I think that sums up D23. Uh, yeah, I think so. But now we got to take it to the world of TV. TV, TV. We so far. Wait, do we talk about uh, the animation stuff for D23? Oh, I was going to loop it on this one. Okay, but well, yeah. Well, D23, we announced the cast of Marvel Spider Man, uh, the animated series. It's pretty awesome. Um, 
they you can like go on our w website because there's it's, like it's a long cast it's list. like a huge there, cast there's uh i Laura had to do Bailey. it over four tweets to <laughs> show i think it was 15 cast members that we announced yeah like robbie naji um laura bailey uh, yeah it's tons oh and pa like, pat and oswalt yeah. is uncle ben joe casada goes coffee shop joe <laughs> uh, um and then we also announced third season of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Mission which, Breakout. Which will be subtitled Mission Breakout. And we also teased a new Lego shorts for Guardians of the Galaxy. Very nice. More details coming up in the next couple months. And the world of live action TV over at San Diego. So far, uh, we've had the uh, Marvel TV Presents Marvel's Inhumans panel, where fans got their like first fully fleshed out look at uh, the upcoming Marvel's Inhuman series. Of course, we've seen a trailer, but during the panel, they showed four pretty lengthy, like one to two minute long clips. My favorite being Medusa strangling. Medusa <laughs> strangling Maximus with was, def hair. was definitely hair. a high point with yeah. her hair. Um, and you also got to see Triton in action yes. on Earth. Mike Moe is a five-time Taekwondo uh, world champion, uh, and he gets to do some awesome fighting in this. So look forward to that. And if you're at San Diego, there is a life-size... Uh, plush of Lockjaw at the Marvel booth, 2329. Um, and if you are also in the neighborhood but not on the floor, go to Horton Plaza because there's a giant life size Lockjaw as well at the that, IMAX installation. Um, Is that still there? It was there yesterday, but it might be gone now because I got a tweet. And I'll show you guys. Uh, Did he it, disappear? Did he it teleport somewhere else? I think else? he teleported. It, it doesn't help those of you listening um he's glorious I've, I've got too many mentions there's one in here agent m so popular so popular <laughs> uh, hashtag imax and thrill uh there's a uh an image in here dang it where'd it go Okay, well, Ryan searches for that. We'll this talk more about it in humans. This is a giant lockjaw who just teleported out of San Diego we, somewhere. We, uh, we also released a second trailer for Marvel's Inhumans yesterday. You can find that on our YouTube, social pages, Marvel.com, all the usual places. We released the title treatment for Marvel's The Punisher, which is oh, yes, an animated. Did. Oh, yeah. So there's uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> someone took a, a picture late last night of Lockjaw's <laughs> disembodied head. <laughs> from the giant IMAX installation and is really disturbing. And the guy wrote to me, he's like, Marvel gave me some crazy The Godfather themed nightmares last night. I blame Agent M. And it's messed up, y'all. I didn't know you could separate him into pieces. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. Okay, so that happened. Um, we will have more coming out of this show because we have the gifted here. We have, um, Today we'll have Marvel's a Marvel's Defenders, Defenders panel. Uh, and yesterday we also had the Mar uh, the uh, the Legion panel. Which is uh, awesome. Which was awesome. Uh, they sort of teased what's coming up in season two, which they haven't really started on yet. But, you know, it's just sort of a lot of talk about season one and going into season two is very good time. And you'll see stuff from the press line with Strom talking with the cast, you know, who are just so charming. They I like, are. love them a lot. They are. Um, movies, TV, movies. We've got. We'll have more movie stuff, I'm sure, coming out of San Diego Comic Con, but nothing we can tell you yet. Tons of surprises. Um, did we summarize everything? Did we miss anything, Ryan? Did we miss anything? 
Uh, I mean, so far, there, there's tons of comics news. Uh, Donny Cates uh, announced his exclusive Marvel creator, um, and he'll, he'll he'll do Thanos. Yes. Yeah, he's taking and over, retaking over Thanos and Doctor Strange. Um, Donnie's great. He's actually a former Marvel intern. Oh, yes. The music's coming right. back on, so we'll, we're going to wrap this up oh, real quick. Um, we, did, we dropped the Beyonce. If you want to, uh, at the panel, we announced Iron Fist with Pei trying to be uh, yes. the mortal Iron Fist. And right after the panel, was available in Comixology yeah. and Kindle. So that's awesome. But we showed this awesome. Ed Piscor did this um, X-Men... Um, he showed all the covers. Uh, it's like a mini series. Oh, X Men: The Grand Design. Yeah, I'm excited for it's that. It's like six, like a mini series issue, and each issue summarizes a decade in the X Men universe, and it looks bananas. I want this in like a vinyl poster across my I, wall. I love Ed Piscor. I think yeah. that series is going to be fantastic. Um, yeah. Um, all right, yeah. I would say just uh, tune into the live stream throughout the weekend, marvel.com slash SDCC2017, or go to our Marvel YouTube. You can watch clips of everything on both the site and on YouTube, so if you missed anything from the last couple days, you can catch up, but also we've got like six hours a day of fun yeah. stuff. In all our socials, everywhere. And, and we're going to go now, so Christina, it's time to edit this. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> I'm throwing it back to Alex and Cam on the East Coast. Bye. And we're back. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, hopefully they got into a bunch of the news. I know there's a bunch of stuff at D23 that came out. They were there. So they have all the skinny on all that. That they do. So we're going to get into your questions and comments now. As Ryan also said, I'm just going to repeat for everyone if, if they missed last week's podcast. Uh, we were not going to do Twimmy RC until Ben's back. So they've been wanting to do Executioner's Song for a while. They finally got to it. Yep. And, you know, it's been a whole thing if you've been listening to the podcast. So it'd be wrong for Ryan to do it without Ben. Yeah. So they are waiting. Uh, they probably won't do it for 300 if Ben's not back. We're not sure yet. He might call in. We'll see. That would be cool. That will be updated. Yeah. That, but that will be next week. Uh, Ryan will tell you beforehand, I'm sure, when he starts the podcast. But we got your comments and questions for this week. So let's get into it. So we're going to start with... Brian V. Klein, and he says, finally catching up with my Twimmy RC reading, and Executioner's Song really brought back some great memories from college. Yeah. That's, it, I mean, that was a great story. I So, as most people on the podcast know, and you listen, I was an intern and used to do podcasts as well with them, and they've been talking about Executioner's Song forever. Yeah, me and Ben had a good long talk about it, because I was telling yeah. him, I was like, out of all, we were trying to think of some great, like, just X-Men stories, right. and that one always comes up as, like, one of our favorites, right. and so he was saying the same thing, that they've been talking about Executioner's Song for a long time, yeah. so now being able to do it, I know it was a feather in the cap. Exactly, so now it's Marvel Limited. If I finally got to read it as well, <laughs> great. Such a great story. All right, then he goes... Also, Twim has by far the best music of any podcast I listen to. The intro gets me so pumped. I listen to the end. That's awesome, man. I, I mean, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I thought it has a really good intro as well. I know Ben and Ryan really dig it. They added, obviously, it was custom made. Yes, it's, definitely. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's great. All right, then we got Haywood at HWView. He says, at H&M, my pick for 7-12, July 12th, was Uncanny Avengers 25 by Jim Zub. Has this motley crew shine through his darkness of doom? Yes. I That was a really good book. I really dug it. Um, 
there's some funny stuff with uh, elect, uh, not, Shocker, sorry, and Scorpia and Rogue. That it was, it was, a, it was a good issue. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it definitely was good. Uh, next up, we have Joshua Cooper. Just saw the new Hulk trade at my favorite local comic store. Very disappointed at the name change. I'm not too sure what that was referring to. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it the like, is it the Hulk trade? Which yeah, is I don't like know. regular Hulk to. You know, we're gonna look into this and we'll ask Ryan to talk about it on the next podcast episode because I'm not too sure what this reference to. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I, or you can tweet at us and let us know, and we'll figure it out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next up is. Raph AB. <laughs> Raph underscore AB. <laughs> he says, uh, after Secret Info number five and the first pages of Amazing Spider-Man 30, I feel bad for Spidey. <laughs> Damn Parker luck. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's Peter Parker, man. And I feel bad as well, but it's, it's what happens to him. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he never, gets, he never gets a break, man. Yeah. He never gets a break. And then he says, last year we had an ad for the designated driver featuring the Avengers. This year we got one featuring Spidey. Good job. Yeah, I mean... That, that's a, it's a big subject. I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm sure they want to do all that they can for it. So, it's awesome. If you, you know, connect Marvel and something like that. It's a good PSA. Yeah. The credit song of Spider-Man Homecoming was played by Eugene Thompson. Is that a real band artist? I did not catch that, and I'm not sure. But I'm going to guess that it's probably just a coincidence, or maybe not. <laughs> we'll see. Uh... Next up, we have Robert at Cap Rogers forty four. The lesson of Secret Wars three: Don't insult Daisy. Always an awesome read. Uh, Ashcan. Oh, Ashcan uh, Press and Heavy Art Grown. Yeah, Keep who, it up. Really creative team on the book. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was an awesome issue. Daisy in this Secret Empire landscape, Secret Warriors. Daisy is just not someone to mess with. She's not messing around. I mean, she is going full out of her powers. It it's great. Yeah. I mean, it's cool to see her. Doing what she can do. Yeah, and I think it's it's cool because they're they're really sh- putting more shine on her to one be a leader, but then also to really just show her powers and like she's not she's definitely has like really good power set, and now they're really kind of on display. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, want to give a local shout out to my local shop here in York, Pennsylvania, Comic Store West. Um, also, he said that Secret Empire Five was a great read that keeps getting better. But Nick Spencer, why must you play with our emotions like hey, that? Man, Nick Spencer's <laughs> doing what he has to do. I, I love Secret Empire, and I think Nick Spencer is doing a great job. Yeah, he's having a lot of fun because he keeps doing that. Every page will turn. All of a sudden, you're like, "Wait, what? Oh, yeah. oh, man!" <laughs> Definitely. And hey, shout out to your local shop, Comic Store West. Oh I mean, yeah, got it on here. So, <laughs> all right. Then we got Simon Williams at Simon Sebs. Twim of the week for July 12th, Secret Warriors number four. Lunello is the MVP of this issue. I agree, and I love Secret Warriors. We are just talking about Daisy and all of them. I think it's a great interaction between all the characters. Uh, Lunella doesn't shy down from a battle, and it's I think that's awesome. I, she, she's so smart. She knows what to do all the time. It's awesome. Best part of Secret Wars number four, seeing Moon Girl kick Deadpool and jump. Yeah, that was that part, and then Devil just... Uh, just Basically eating Deadpool, <laughs> just chomping away, just like puts him right in his mouth. I thought that was the I, I thought that was the greatest part. Deadpool versus Devil Dinosaur. Yes. Yeah, it's so funny. That yeah, definitely agree. And he says reading Defenders number three, Luke Cage must be a Samoa Joe fan. The way he choked out the Punisher. <laughs> hey, I mean, if I was more of a wrestling fan, I'd be able to talk more about this. I'm sorry, I'm not Ryan or Ben. I'm sorry. I know who Samoa Joe is, and that's a awesome. He reference. keeps it off his. I met him. I, I mean, I don't watch enough wrestling though. The, you know, see how he chokes people out. Though. <laughs> uh, 
Um, he says, another solid issue from Black Panther to crew number four. Yeah, that is a great book. He says, please reconsider canceling the book. Hey, man, if we had the power, you know, we'd be right there with you. But yeah. Unfortunately, uh, though, but that's... It's a really good book. It's really solid. And, uh, yeah, it, it, oh, man, I, it, I'm right there with you. I yeah. definitely don't think it's... It, it, yeah, it's so strong. Uh, that such a good issue and such a good series in general. 100%. All right, I think we're going to cap it off. Tech Lord at Lex Pendragon. Ben J. Morse is a dad? That's awesome. I didn't even know he was pregnant. You're growing the Marvel family the easy and hard way. <laughs> yes, he is a newly, uh, I don't know, inducted father or whatever. But new, yeah. New dad. Is yeah, good. he's a new dad. He just, uh, Baby is cute as a button. I know we talked, me, Ryan and I talked about it last podcast. Such a cute, uh, Hazel Ann, that's the name. She is, he sends me pictures every time. He actually just texted me a couple days ago asking when I was going to come over to see. And I, he sent me another picture and I was like, oh, just <laughs> melted. Such a cute kid. Yep. Ben and Megan, congrats again. Um, and that is it for us this week, everyone. So, like we said before, we are not Ryan and Ben, but they will be back, sure enough. Episode 300 next week. Ryan will definitely be here. We made maybe it we'll through. Get s- we made it through 299. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe we'll get some Ben back as well. Uh, for sure, I will not be here because I will be on vacation. Oh, nice. yes. So, if I messed up this podcast for you, I won't <laughs> be here next week. Don't worry. I gotta get. I get all the brunt of it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. But that's it. And I hope you guys enjoy. And look out for some news because things are coming. Oh man, there's a lot coming. Yep, definitely. And anyway, this is Marvel, your universe. Mm-hmm.